Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So today might be all about Elon Musk. Really? You know, we we have shows that we just dedicate to like AI and what have you, but today we might not get off the topic of Elon Musk. Musky talk. I like it. Yeah. And, And not just boxing matches, right? Well, so you need to bring me up to speed with that. Well, Zuckerberg and little MMA and in the ring and is Elon Musk. Like, I mean, I've heard rumors. They're still about talking this. about it. So you know, the question is, who do you think would win? Because uh, Zuckerberg has been training. Zuckerberg's a little <laughs> whatever. He's been training to box. Well, he does some jujitsu stuff and whatever with with. Elon Musk. This would be interesting. Musk got him by 30 pounds. Well, that's Easy. true. But Zuckerberg might be fast and nimble and who knows? I must break you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, sad news that... Would they, um, would they play the music? Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Well, so speaking of, I must yeah, break yeah. you. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Yeah, uh, just married his 27-year-old girlfriend. So first there was Al Pacino. Well, okay, but there's a bigger so, story to it because he's okay. got terminal cancer. And Dolph does. Dolph does. I did not know this. Not much longer left I to live. So I see. He's like, who cares? Why not? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I Sure. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, just a side note. Yeah. I see that the uh, Expendables have another movie coming out. Ooh. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. And Dolph is in that. So it looks like he has a little bit of a bigger role in this one. Good. Yeah. So there you go. Love that franchise. I do too, actually. It's been kind of fun watching, you know, the old actors reinvigorate yourselves a little bit. There's been kind of a trend towards that lately. Have you noticed this? Well, yeah, because Hollywood runs out of scripts. I just I find it interesting that that you know Stallone and and uh, Schwarzenegger. All these guys, first of all, they have Bach. they have great TV shows going on right now, or or series, I should say, which I think is interesting too. I mean, Stallone in Tulsa King is like his, in my opinion, his Probably best role ever. Best work, yeah. Oh my goodness, that show is amazing. I just love him in that show. So I'm not as big a fan with Schwarzenegger. With I think it's Fubar is what they're calling that show. So it's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's we should been, get Stallone on the show. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Would actually. we have to go to Tulsa? <laughs> Take the show on the road. <laughs> Just be there while they're filming. That would be fun. Anyway, back to Musk. So Elon's been busy. I mean, he has and, and he's, he has a multitude of companies. He's got SpaceX, of course. He's got the Boring Company, which is the best name ever for a company. So a lot of his companies have really fallen off the radar because of his Twitter acquisition. That, well, that's you don't, sucked you just up don't, all the oxygen. Yeah, the you don't hear about the rest of it. You know, you don't hear much about SpaceX unless there's a launch going on or whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Twitter has has kind of 
taken all the news from Elon Musk, and now he just changed yeah, the name. Yeah, it's not Twitter anymore. So you know why this is, right? And this is why we're talking about Elon today. Well, one of the funny things, just a little aside, is now there may be some legal um, pursuits because a lot of people are coming down on Elon going, well, but there's a lot of things that are branded at with X. Yeah. And, so and is there going to be copyright infringement? Yeah, he's he's got a couple of legal challenges yeah. with with the renaming of it as well. But I had a friend that had X magazine sure. for a while. Sure. We'll so, talk about that. So I, I see that as a thing, you know, for a little bit here, but uh I, I would imagine he will probably prevail. I would I can't imagine he didn't think about that. Well, of course beforehand. he thought it through. So, yeah. So anyway, um, the the whole rationale behind the rebranding. Yeah, so, you know, and it goes back to... Uh, no more little is, blue bird. This is a tweet back. Yeah, so no more bird, right? So it's just X now. So, I mean, even even uh, stuff we do around here, uh, we're going to have to change all of our Twitter stuff to X now, I guess, as well. But we've had a challenge, too. So National Day Calendar uh, has not been able to get into our Twitter account for over a month, and we can't even get a hold of anybody to get it fixed. It's just well, he fired everybody, so it's 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 kind of this kind of weird space right now. That I mean, we have a following. MySpace? Are you going back to MySpace? Yeah, we have a following on Twitter, and they keep they keep bringing it up all the time. Are you ever going to post anything on Twitter again? And and we're like, well, we we can't. We we don't know how to because we don't have access to our own account. I think we got hacked is what happened. And See, that's what happens when and trying to most prove people were hacked. Yeah. And we can't you know and we can't talk to anybody to figure it out. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um so he's changed it to X, but he had a tweet back in uh, October. Buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X, the everything app. Oh. So, and this was back in October already. So this wasn't like he okay, just on nobody a lark. talked about the big picture back then. Nobody, this wasn't nobody just caught on that. A lark. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder if he got that. Yeah, that that he just last week said, "Oh, let's just change the name to X." So he's been after this dream he's had for quite some time to create an app that does many things okay. within the app. What are the things? Well, one of the things that he's been talking about is, uh, let's see, so uh, we'll add, on Monday he tweeted about Twitter's rebranding to X, writing, in the months to come we will add comprehensive communications and ability to conduct your entire financial world. Ooh, do you trust that? Just saying, this is where he's going with this. So he's he's combining a social media platform now with communications and financials. So why wouldn't he call it E? I do not know. That might be more. That might be more difficult to just or, curious. Or I. Okay, so the ability to have an everything app is that predicated on the fact that. I think in today's age to do that, you have to have some utilization of artificial intelligence if you're going to cover all the bases. So that's also another thing. X.ai is now here. And Elon's is moving into the AI space with a neural artificial intelligence. Neural. Which means okay. What's that mean? Well, it, it basically Marlo. Means, what does that mean? Basically, means that we're going to have 
this is my opinion, I guess. But of course, Tesla makes robots. Right. Well, I'm jumping right into cars, implants of some sort. Well, I'm gonna guess that it's probably more to do with a neural network going into robots. That's where I think this is going, and possibly even our cars, which is interesting as well. And kind of scary. And let's throw this into the mix. We're going to mix it all up here, and then we're going to try to break it apart a little bit, right? Twitter filed paperwork with the Treasury Department Financial Crimes Enforcement Network to become a payments processor. Really? So, oh, so like Apple Pay or... Or but, Visa or MasterCard. Yeah, but now you're... Wow. So your X app... Will we'll do it all. Do all at all, right? So do you? Yeah. So exactly what you're thinking. You know, it will be all part of that. Well, you so. remember back in when oh, several months ago, and Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary had talked about. Well, it was during the bank crashes that were going on in California in the tech sector and in uh, Silicon was it Valley Bank or Plains Bank? Yeah, it's still whatever. Um, and. He was being interviewed, and the question came up, and he was flat out, there should only be three or four financial institutions. So is Elon vying for that space? You know, it's possible. So, And, and they're making – I'm just reading through an article Because here. it's a lot cheaper to create your own at this point based on what we don't know yet than acquisitions uh, if you were to buy a Citibank or – a oh, holy crap, that's expensive. So there's there's WeChat. Are you familiar with WeChat? Mm-mm. So WeChat is that a small one? It's a messaging, social media, Tiny. and payments app used by more than a billion people. Really? So it's yeah, it's small. It's like a Oompa Loompa. It's pretty small. WeChat. Yeah. One billion people. WeChat. Uh, I've looked at WeChat, and before. I've never heard of it. Uh, mostly in China. Okay. Well, okay. WeChat dominates the mobile internet and is a one-stop eye. shop to read news, talk with friends, order pizza, or pay for or pay the landlord. Or pay the landlord. <laughs> All in this one app called WeChat. Pay so your I think, taxes. I think yeah. Elon has a similar vision with X. So it's just interesting that all these things will be able to be done in an app. And so then does that really go then to like an operating system? I mean, I think about Windows, right? And all the things that are incorporated into Windows or in your iOS that just become part of the operating system. Because there's, there's, there's like, um, boy, it's been a while since I've used it, but, but, uh, what was the, what's, what's in, in Windows that's not Word? It's, uh, Oh, um, anytime you need to take a note or something, you can actually open it up. It'd be, it'd, it was like yeah, works it was or something. Part of the office suite. It was a truncated yeah. version of. Uh, yeah, you know, there was all these other little things that are added in there. You know, and it, it, to me, it's like, are we going back to the to the kind of operating system that has all these little things built into it that you could just menu up and go? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking through why it's important to have everything in one app. As opposed to, other than the convenience of tapping open an app and having that, all that stuff available to you. But on your mobile device, if you have to navigate through a bunch of stuff within the app, it's no different than opening up another app, right? No. And yeah, cause it, that, that I, I'm thinking in terms of Windows, cause I'm an Android guy and in Windows and it's like, okay, you open this window to get to this window to get to this window. Right. One uniform platform. 
So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose, you know, the, the, the powerful thing about what Elon is doing is that Twitter, now X, is actually uh, bringing a significant number of people along for this ride, right? So he's got, a, you know, 400 million people or whatever that he'll be able to experiment with and, and uh, figure this thing out. But it's really interesting that he's moving to this one platform, which includes artificial intelligence. A well, neural. You know that has to get. Well, we should talk more about the neural side of stuff. But, you know, WeChat, one billion served. The Tech Ranch. Get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So, Mr. Musk has not held back on his predictions for X, by the way. No. I'm still hung up on the over one billion served. Yeah. Craving McDonald's. Yeah. So, he said, if done right, he said in a recent podcast, X could become half of the global financial system. <laughs> so what has he got up his sleeve here? That's that's okay. pretty that's yeah. pretty significant. It's a little heady. I'm just it, that's just amazing. Well, so, but think of think of the pieces of the financial system that are already in place that would no longer be in place. I'm going to guess he's using some type of of crypto here yeah. too. Yeah, he's the crypto guy. So now you've supplanted the entire monetary system globally because you would have to if you're going to take over well, that. It, and, and I'm just thinking about transactional, right? So, I mean, if you're yeah, if it could do everything, is is it going to deal in the yen and the dollar and the or is it going to be just one uniform currency? That's interesting. I'm thinking about when I go buy my coffee in the morning too, right? Mm-hmm. So Visa, MasterCard, American Express, I'll make, well, and I shouldn't say just them, but there's usually anywhere from 1.8 to 3% of that transaction that the, that the, um, the vendor, the eats. vendor yeah. eats, yeah. Whether it's the coffee shop or Target or whatever. Well, right? now with interest rates, you know they're making twenty percent on the interest, which those rates have gone way up. Right. So, what's the carrot to get people to switch over? Well, if if there's less of a fee, right. transaction fee. I mean, if I like like in our shop here, if I only had to pay a quarter of a percent or a half a percent. I'd be all over that. Then it's worth you to switch over. It's worth me to switch over, or at least offer that as would an be option. The carrot, yeah. You know, um, the other thing too. You know, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you know I think everybody pretty much has some type of perks with their cards nowadays, whether it's miles or right cash back. I'm a or, miles guy. So. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, so but we, you know, it's 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 like tomfoolery. I mean, you and I are still paying for it. Right. It's not like, you know, somebody, it's not like this is a free gift here. This Somebody is paying <laughs> for this, and it's ultimately you because cause your cup of coffee that they may charge you three or four bucks for now should be maybe $2.75, but because of that transaction fee that goes on top of it, you're paying that extra quarter. I never looked at this, and, and my wife and I were flying out of the Bismarck Airport, and I always like to get to the airport early and have a cocktail before I fly. It just it doesn't matter if it's morning or whatever. And we were going on a trip and got there in the morning and we grabbed our cocktail 
And does it just relax you? Is that why you do that? I, it, it's habit more than okay. anything else. It's just okay. it's like part of okay. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to relax. I'm going on vacation. I see. And she said something so profound. And I'm like, wow. Why did I think of that? I hope she's not listening because I don't want to give her credit for that because I'll never hear the end of that. But it was like $21 for the two beverages. She's like, are you kidding me? It's cheaper on the plane. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. But then look at all the people that, you know, get tied into the credit cards and things like that for the perks because – you know, for us, it, it's the miles, and we get the free because right. we get the upgrades because right. we spend too much on our credit cards anyway. Right. Um, but the people that go to the different sky clubs and yep. things like that while they're traveling, it's like, do you know what you're paying for that? Oh yeah. And but you don't think of it in terms of well, but I don't have to go to a restaurant in the airport or uh, a lounge in the airport. I just go get this free stuff. It ain't free. You have paid for oh, it. Oh, you have paid for it. Yeah. It's not free. Yep. You just paid for it somewhere else. Right. So you paid on it the front end or you paid on the back end, but through that card, you paid for it. Yep. So is it cheaper to actually have the drink on the airplane or, right. or go to the bar restaurant at the uh, at the airport? It is interesting yeah. that it's more expensive in the airport, but their, their concessionaire fees on airports are... Oh, they're huge. Thirty percent, a lot of times, you know. So, but but she she said that, and I'm like, I felt a little guilty. I'd never thought of it that way. I'm like, wow, you're right. It's cheaper on the airplane. I don't have to get to the airport so early anymore. There you go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There you go. But you pay for it somewhere. You do. So, you know this this proposal by Elon Musk with X might change a lot of how. That transfers. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. If, if he's going to be taken over, if if he feels like he can actually gobble up half of the financials in the world, I mean that's that's just significant. Uh, what if he gobbled up a quarter? That's still significant. Okay, so my question is: in we watched a little of this go through with Twitter now X, or is it the X X X X? Um, the financial model. How do you monetize that? Elon's a businessman, and so you don't always see it right away, but there needs to be something that makes whatever venture he's doing financially viable, sustainable. Yep. Because if, if you're not going to go that route, then it's going to go away eventually because you can't give away stuff for free, and nobody has those deep of pockets. Right. So I'm wondering, because we watched, like I said, a little bit of this go through with Twitter, and he very methodically changed the financing of the company. So I'm kind of, now I'm really intrigued on what's the bigger picture. Well, it gets it gets better than this. I'll give you some more information here now. I love, I love to tease you with these little tidbits that were just... Okay, when you see my brain start thing. running out oh, of my yeah. ear here, yeah. let me know. But you're you're kind of on the right track here. So Linda Yaccarino, she is the, she's Twitter's chief executive, also appeared enthusiastic about X. Can you say that name again? Yaccarino. Okay. I am sure I'm butchering her last Can name. Can you say Sphere? 
sphere. Okay, good job. I know. You trained me last week on that, so I've I've been working on that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll work on uh, some... So she she stated that that X is the future state of unlimited interactivity, centered in audio, video, messaging, payments, banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. So total immersion... Total immersion. Total immersion for one. You go to X. You can watch videos there. I'm I'm assuming you can buy the latest in in, in Hollywood, music. Okay. Let's go full circle here. Let's go full circle because this just popped into my head. What was the, the thought process with creating Meta instead of Facebook? Kind of the same thing, right? Well, so Facebook is really betting on on the virtual world, right? So, which is why they they bought. Um, this might explain why they're going to get into the the octagon and and go toe to toe, because now with his vision of X, with Elon's vision of X, and Zuckerberg with whatever he's trying to do with Meta, right? And now they're competing in the same space. And uh, could this turn into a celebrity death match, winner take all? Yeah, that's interesting, right? Because Meta is Instagram. That's what it's supposed to be, right? And it's supposed to be all encompassing, right? Yes. So it could be interesting. It could be the match of the ages. Occupying the same space. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what you'd pay for that. We'll be on pay per view. Oh, sign me up. I'm in. I bet so. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Tech Ranch, as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. So X is fascinating enough, and we're going to really keep our ear to the ground, I think, so to speak, with that. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it as as the show unfolds today. Speaking of ears, I now I've got that Kiss song in my head. What Kiss song is that? Let's put the X in sex. That way when... <laughs> <laughs> Things go back musically with me for some reason. I don't know why. That could be the I, theme song I, for X. I have I have no response to that. Nor should you, Marlo. No, no, no you should I not. Should. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Elon also has the Boring Company, which again I think is the has best. Has nothing name. to do with mining. No. Or drilling. Well kind of. Yeah, he bores. Bores tunnels underground. Okay, so it's not just like yawn. That's why I think the name okay. is so is so wonderful. It's hey, it's the boring company. How boring can this be? Well, it is actually really boring. So he he has created this boring machine that uh, goes underground, and as it's boring, it actually uh, puts up these like tiles. Uh, behind it. So the tunnel is actually being completed at the same time. It's just not boring a hole. It actually has these kind of octagonal shaped tiles that it puts in place as well as it's going through this. And when it's done, you can like drive a car through it, which is what he's doing in Las Vegas. A speedy train or, or yes, yes, a pneumatic tube. So there's all kinds of interesting possibilities here. So in Vegas, for example, at the convention center, now I've been in these tubes, 
and uh, they they run um, Teslas through them because they're electric vehicles, no emissions. Emission. So they just run right through these things, and you can go from one end of the convention center to the other, which would probably take an easy 15 to 20-minute walk if you just walked on the outside from one end to the other. The convention center in Vegas is huge, and they've just added another huge addition to this place. Um, and, and, and in two minutes, you're across it comfortable and, and whatever. You Are know, they going to so. eventually connect it to the sphere? So, yes. Uh, Resorts World is in that list right now. I was curious um, because it's not that far away. Right. The uh, um, and, and rumor are, is that there will be other resorts along the strip that will be connected and then eventually the airport. Will be connected as well. So, so I find that interesting. the The airport's huge. The airport is huge. Yes. So the Vegas Loop <laughs> will include the LVCC Loop and any future service extensions, including resorts along the Strip, Harry Reid International Airport, Allegiant Stadium, and downtown Las Vegas. I'm just thinking of marketing licensing fees. The Allegiant Tube. Oh yeah, yeah. That's interesting. What I, so I went, I went to the Boring Company's website before we started this segment and not expecting this. I, I, so and I, I'm impressed, by the way, uh, with the Boring Company and the possibilities of adding additional ways to get around quickly in urban areas. Well, and, and it's just significant. And, by comparison, this is light years from traditional tunneling where you're digging the tunnel. Like, think about the channel when they right. built that under the, right. the English Channel. And those two giant machines, and they met in the middle, which is feat of engineering itself. Yeah. And met in the middle, and, okay, now we got the hole dug. Now we got to build the tunnel. This is just done. It's, it's just it's, done. It's done. Yeah. Hey, we're going to throw a track in here. We're going to make it a pneumatic tube. We're going to have a high-speed whatever. In the meantime, we'll run the Teslas in it. Um, done. I mean, done. I, th- from and, an engineering perspective, that is amazing technology. And I know that the speed at which they're being done, I mean, like his new machine is like three times faster than the old or the one that he built before. So they're starting to tunnel at a much quicker rate now, too. It used to be like, I don't know, 20 or 30 feet a day or something like that. Which now, is sizable. Still, it's still significant. When you're thinking about, you know, in a mile, it takes 250 days to do that. You know, But if you can get that down to 50 days. I was just watching a, a show on the Discovery, or no, Smithsonian Channel um, earlier this week on the great trains globally and they had this train from switzerland on with this route and i was on it i didn't go to this far but it went from zermatt and makes a big loop around the the country of switzerland and they've got one of these old 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 tunnels and some amazing engineering well the tunnel it's got a lake above it and it's leaking and so they're redoing the tunnel and it it's feet a day. It, it's it's literally feet a day. It's supposed to be completed sometime late this year, hmm. early next. But it's feet a day, and it's a slow process. It's an extremely slow process because you have to. In a lot of cases, you have to do it without blasting because right. of environmental stuff. If you, if you're just, you don't care what comes down. 
light the match, you know. Right. But if you're, if you're trying to be precise and not upset the rest of the the rock structure around a tunnel, you got to be a little careful. Which is what's interesting about the boring company too, because obviously shoring up what you just drilled through is a big deal. Oh, it's kind of the biggest deal. So the fact that this machine just does this as it moves through, as it drills, yeah. and then actually builds this this tunnel behind it it's is a geodesic just, tunnel. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'll have to show you some pictures and some yeah. video when I was just in there last time. So it's pretty cool. Um, so the other thing that's interesting is that on their website, the Hyperloop is mentioned. Okay, that's where I was going with the pneumatic tube thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised that that the Hyperloop is on the website of the Boring Company. So the Hyperloop, if you're not familiar with this, it's an ultra-high-speed public transportation system in which passengers travel in autonomous electric pods at 600-plus miles an hour. So basically, and the best way to describe this, if you're not familiar with this, is like when you go to the drive-in window at, at the, the bank. bank. It's a pneumatic you, tube. Yeah, and you put your stuff in there, and it brings that tube into the Except a lot banker. faster. And, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that might move at 600 miles an hour, too, those two. Oh, there's if, no way. If, if, they had, if they had enough room, that's the thing. You're only, you're only moving at 80 feet or 30 feet or whatever. I mean, if you had... If you had it at eight miles apart, it might move pretty fast. Well, maybe. Just saying. I mean, they have, so they have a test track just outside of Vegas, by the way. And uh, it's a, it's and this is the thing. It's a .8 mile Hyperloop test track. Point .8. .8 miles. Yeah, so not even a mile long, right? Little. And so how do you know how fast you can go? Some people have talked that the, there's a possibility that this thing could go 3,000 miles an hour. To infinity and beyond. Nobody really knows how fast it's possible in these tubes because there hasn't been one constructed yet. There was a lot of talk of, of constructing one from Vegas to L.A., and now the, another high-speed rail has... And then New York dense. to L.A. Well, can you imagine the, New York to L.A.? I mean, if it's 3,000 miles an hour, it's an hour trip. What would that do to your brain? I think they would have to do like what the rail had to do back in the 1800s and put ads out that you don't, don't lose your soul when you go past 18 miles an hour. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. This is, this is so funny. I actually have an ad here, Steve, in the building of a newspaper that talks about, cause they had to, there were rumors, rampant rumors that if you went past 18 miles an hour for a specific period of time, you would lose your soul. Okay, why 18 miles an hour? I don't know. I suppose that's because most humans can't <laughs> run that Was fast. that the ambient speed of a trotting horse at the time? I, I do not know. There's got to be some history there on it. There has to be something to that, yeah. And and I might be wrong on the 18 miles an hour, but it was 18 it or 20 good. or yeah. something like that. It was very, very slow. And the railroad actually put out ads to squelch that rumor that you would lose your soul going that fast. So could you build a Hyperloop link to the moon? Well, that would be, wow. 
I mean, they they all travel. On, you've, you've talked about the whole solar thing, plug in the Earth to the yeah yeah. I yeah. mean, tethering tethering yeah. a satellite to the Earth is a whole different prospect than doing. Why? It'd be doing a flexible too. To but you could you could do a space elevator. There's been a lot of talk of that. Okay, what's the difference between that and a tube? Tube not, would be faster. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, but not all the way to the moon. You'd just get yourself to outer space. You'd get that, you know, the the tube, the space elevator would have some type of dock on the end of it. Um, you know, if you go to Disney World, now they have a restaurant called, I was just, I was in there last year too, and it emulates, you, you take this elevator ride to this, and it's like 2,000 miles up or something like that, and you're in space and you see the astronauts working outside your window and ships floating by and all and asteroids and all this other stuff floating by you know so it's pretty cool i'd go eat there sometime if you're down there make a reservation because how do you keep your soup in the bowl well, if you're in space it's both artificial yeah. gravity right there's no gravity well there is gravity legitimately in space there's the reason no the reason you float when you're in orbit around the earth is because the the craft that you're in is constantly plunging. There's still gravity in Earth's orbit. Right. But your spacecraft Minimally. is continually plunging, just like you would be falling out of the sky in an airplane. They, they do this as far as training goes. They'll take an airplane up to 40,000 feet, and then they'll drop it out of the sky, so to speak, and you'll float. Mm-hmm. In there, it's, it's the same thing. That's why you should always wear your seatbelt when that's, you're in flight. That's correct. So anyway, um, back to the Hyperloop. So I find it interesting that the Hyperloop is listed on the Boring Company. Well, just, you're going to have to dig the hole somehow or another. Well, so, so the Hyperloop. Why wouldn't you list it there? Well, it's interesting that I I I thought about the possibility of digging a hole for the Hyperloop, but I think most people think it's more practical to build it above ground. Because then you just build this tube on some type of stilts or whatever, um, and then you, you go above everything as opposed to below everything, and you'd build it quicker, I think. I don't know. So I think it'd be easier underground. It would just take so much time. Right, but from a safety perspective. Well, there's no now, doubt about that. You don't have to worry about a train crossing. You don't have to worry about uh, weather, things. tornadoes, things like that that would damage... A or stupid in, humans infrastructure, but yeah, Terrorist hey, let me open the door and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you're not going to do that underground, right? So, from a safety perspective, I think it would. Well, I mean, if you go back and think of the original New York subway system, and originally that was pneumatic, you know. So, is the hyperlink? That hyperloop far or hyperloop yep. that far stretched? Yeah, no, I, it's not. I agree. So it's 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 just interesting that he's got it on here. So I'm my guess is that he thinks the same way that that there's a possibility of running hyperloops underground. Um, you just have to have you know that L.A. to Vegas type of scenario in place uh, and start because that would be that'd be a great place to start. Three hundred miles, two hundred eighty miles, whatever it would be, boring under the mountains and everything. Right? You just here you go. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it. It's other than dirt. What's in the way? 
well, there's rock and everything else. But, yeah, but, but there, if you have a good board machine, a lot of that is, well, right. Now, the, the other question is in those locations, earthquakes. Right. That would be the other thing that I would be, be concerned about yes. being underground is. Yes. It's the big one. Yep. Yep. I agree. I'm checking the speed of the borer right now. Well, I, even at 30 feet a day, that depending on the terrain that you're going through, that is that's that's moving. That, that's moving pretty well. So, proof rock is designed to tunnel at a speed greater than one mile per week, which is six times faster than the boring company's previous generation. So, they have a new machine called Proof Rock that's boring a mile a week. That's pretty impressive. Is that like schoolhouse rock? Seven, eight hundred feet a day. Schoolhouse rock, yeah. <laughs> so I suppose, you know, if you had three or four of those machines working, right, you could, you could uh, if you're doing a mile a week, that's 50 miles. Well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't just year, start with one machine and go to where you're going. You could, you could put four machines out there and get Yeah, because you're going to have different stations and different, different stop-off points. Yeah. So if you have multiple machines work, that's not a long time. No, it's not, actually. It's really interesting to think about that. So, And maybe that's the vision, right? Maybe you put one underground and get three or four machines going. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk. 12 Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlowe and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So obviously he has this on the radar. I, I As I'm digging a little bit more into this. Digging. So many puns today. There so are. So many. Larks well, a, and whatever. A lot you know. every day. So the R&D tunnel. So he's got a project called the R&D tunnel. Or the boring test tunnel is a 1.14 mile tunnel <laughs> in Hawthorne, California <laughs> for testing Hyperloop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it I wasn't just, bored. I, no, you just, no. yeah, I'm just boring. <laughs> For testing the Hyperloop and loop-based transportation, it was completed by the Boring Company in late 2018. The single-bore tunnel was constructed during 2017 and 2018 using a 14-foot diameter tunnel boring machine given a finished 12-foot internal diameter. So they've tested this, and they've got it to operating speed of 127 miles an hour. So not bad. Well, you got a mile. Okay, so I at 127 miles an hour, it, you don't yeah. have you don't have a lot of time to get up to speed in this thing, you yeah, know, or so, get stopped or, yeah, or <laughs> slow down. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I'm more worried about the getting stopped part. Uh, so I've always thought of <laughs> hyperlink as the hyperloop. hyperloop. Um, I don't care too much uh, as pneumatic. And you mentioned electric, so it's a little of both, right? So you're at, where I'm, you're at one tenth atmosphere in the loop, right? So where I'm thinking that this other applications, so new technology always spawns other applications. Sure. So out of this, and this is, goes back to one of the first conversations you and I ever had. And that concerned autonomous vehicle charging in transit, so building roadways. Because if you're going to have an electrical, it's not like you're running wires above that it hooks up like a electric trolley car. It some it it would be some sort of a charging pad built into uh, the walls or the floor that is going to power this vehicle. 
right? My guess it's I, maglev, I, magnetic levitation. Okay. So, which you, the Japanese have already done with some of their bullet train yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. So it, it levitates. You're going to have this very, very smooth ride because you're basically riding on air. Right. And and uh, so all you have to do is just magnetize the platform, you know, as as the train. Or you the do that through electricity, is, right? And you know, if you have 280 miles of, I guess if it's if it's above ground, then solar really comes into play. I think Tesla makes batteries as well. So my guess would be that Tesla would would solar the. Yeah, but now you're talking weight. Usage. Weight is speed, but not on the machine, just on the tube. So the tube would be, but that's is, if you're above ground, right? If you're above ground, if you're below ground, you can still put solar fields around it and and power it that way too. I'm going to guess that there's going to be some type so of right away. There's two ways to do this: either you power the vehicle that is moving, or you power the tube itself. So, so you, I think you power the tube. With maglev, and there's a there's a way yet to do that, so it just keeps the vehicle moving forward uh, using magnetic levitation, and then yeah, and then you just yeah because uh, it travels in series, so right? It, exactly. It, it, so you, you don't have to magnetize. You can either drag it bed. along or push it along. It's yeah, it's just so you just as yeah, it's traveling. As, as it's traveling, the next section lights up, so to speak, right? And it just keeps going along. So then it kind of pulls it that direction, so to speak. Hope you're not afraid of the dark. Yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, I I was at the test outside of Las Vegas a couple of years ago. Now was that above ground or that was above ground okay. there? Yeah, yeah, and that's like a, like I said, point eight of a mile. And was it two hundred and eighty miles that it got up to two hundred miles, eighty miles per hour? And that's what I mean. I mean, it was over in a flash. Because they got to speed and then they had to shut it down right away because it, you have no room to stop. Be like, like push the button, start, stop. Uh, yeah, you have to have that time to stop. And I mean, decelerating from two hundred and eighty miles an hour is a significant thing. So I, I just, uh, but I was impressed by how how you know how it worked. And where we're going, we don't need roads. And I know that you know he brought this idea up back in two thousand sixteen. And it was just an idea that he floated out there. I didn't realize that he was actually involved because there's been other companies right. called the Hyperloop, as a matter of fact. Hyperloop's been around for a while. And, and I mean, they the were technology in Japan has been around for a while. They were just running with his ideas, what they were doing. He just put it out there to the ether. Somebody do something with this. This is, a, this is an idea. So obviously he's still oh, kind of like you do with it. NASA. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just comes back. Marlo just puts these brilliant ideas out to NASA, and then they come yeah. back. Yep. So anyway, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, and then, of course, he's got SpaceX, which is another fascinating thing. So SpaceX has basically taken over the day-to-day work of NASA, I mean, when you really think about it, NASA has basically subcontracted the busy work of NASA. The busy work, yeah, and, and and I think Elon probably looked at SpaceX and said, "I can I can get craft into space a lot cheaper than NASA can because it's not government, right? It doesn't have all the government regulations, red goes, tape, all of that stuff yeah. that goes with that. So, so they're able to get into space a lot cheaper." So they subcontract that out. It saves NASA a lot of money, but the day-to-day 
busy work operations of of you know refueling the the International Space Station or taking satellites up. So so they've been busy with a lot of that type of thing. The Falcon Heavy has been very very busy. Um, Starlink. They've become NASA's FedEx or UPS. Yes. They're just delivery drivers. That's interesting. That's a great analogy. It really is. The next Starlink mission is just around the corner. Really? Yes. When's that one? What is the day today? What's today's date? Really? Yeah, I know. It's the 29th. I know. So this actually... Don't you equate everything back to National Day calendar and what... (laughs) You should know what every day is, Marlo. Don't you have that memorized by now? So I'm I'm getting this information like like two days too late. Um, Thursday I earlier this week it was National Scotch Day. How do you forget that? You, well, that's you probably, don't. probably why I forgot about the Starlink thing. Oh, because Star, the, the Starlink one day. Okay. actually 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 uh, took place at 10:20 p.m. on the 27th. Okay. So how do I not know anything? National about Scotch this? Day. Hello. This is amazing that I don't know anything more about this. We're going to, um, wow. Anyway. You missed well, something techy. Hopefully the launch went okay. I'm feeling bad that I don't know more about this. I was surprised to see this. I thought this was it being did. scratched so, uh, until later this year, but okay. So that's cool. So what's the mission of Starlink then? So Starlink um, is is a... I'm just catching up on my reading here a little bit. So Star, um, Starlink is the satellite. Because um, one's freight, one's satellite in, in payloads. So Starlink is a series of satellites that are in low orbit. Low orbit. And the plan is, is that enough Starlink satellites will be up there to cover Earth and then provide high-speed Internet. And then when the independence aliens show up, they can use them against us. That's correct. Right. That's how that works. But anybody will have access to Internet. And, in fact, that's his goal is actually to get it to areas that don't have Internet right now, but everybody can access it, put a little dish on their home. and Well, that's kind of what HughesNet was trying to do. Kind of what this is, but it's much better. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Welcome to July 29th, 2023 in the National Day Calendar. Today, we're exploring the bold world of beauty and indulging in a classic Italian dish. We begin with National Lipstick Day. From ancient Sumerians to Egyptian queens like Cleopatra, lipstick has been enhancing human beauty for thousands of years. For color that puts a new light on your lips, it is pure allure. You'll want Revlon shade of Snow Peach Lipstick. And of course, you'll want it in a glamorous Futurama like this. The engraved white enamel case is just perfect for any fashion and bound to give you that feeling of elegance every woman wants. With Futurama within easy reach, you're at your best. And remember, with Futurama, you're getting a permanent case because all you need ever buy again is a Revlon refill. But did you know 
that the first commercial lipstick appeared just a little over a century ago. In 1915, Maurice Levi of the Scoville Manufacturing Company invented the first lipstick tube, changing the beauty industry forever. From shades of audacious red to subtle nude, lipstick holds the power to boost confidence and express individuality. So, today, whether you're a makeup enthusiast or someone who wears it on special occasions, swipe on your favorite color and celebrate this timeless beauty staple. Now let's shift to the kitchen for National Lasagna Day. This hearty dish of layered pasta... Lasagna's not a dish, Winbag. It's a way of life. ...cheese and sauce can be traced back to ancient Greece, but it was the Italians who perfected it. The word lasagna comes from the Greek lazanun, meaning chamber pot, huh. which the Romans then borrowed, and the dish began to take its modern form. The traditional lasagna of Naples is layered with local sausage, small meatballs, hard-boiled eggs, ricotta, and mozzarella cheese, and sauced with Neapolitan ragu. Over mm. the years, variations have evolved, with different regions adding their unique touches. So today, whether it's a classic recipe or a vegetarian alternative... LXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. The extreme heat that for weeks was parked over the west and southwest, spreading to the Midwest and Northeast. But as ABC meteorologist Samara Theodore tells us, some relief for some next week. We start to see a lot of that heat that we had in the Midwest make its way down into areas like the Gulf Coast. There, that's where we're going to get into the triple-digit heat index values, 106 in Wichita, Houston 101, Raleigh, North Carolina 101, feeling like 108 in Norfolk. Many major cities along the East Coast begin to cool down by Monday in the low to mid-80s, and believe it or not, overnight lows will then drop into the 60s. But, you know, even though things are cooling down a bit on the East Coast, the heat really picking up for the Gulf Coast states. Donald Trump on the campaign trail in Iowa, still the GOP frontrunner, even as he faces new federal charges the former president Friday again vowing to stay in the race despite his legal woes. But ABC executive editorial producer John Santucci tells us behind the scenes some Trump staffers are working how that's going to work. The one thing that I hear consistently, we need to figure out what day it is because we don't know where we're going to be. It's almost like, you know, let's pretend you're like married. You have two calendars with your spouses. Donald Trump has two calendars. He's got his campaign calendar. He's got his indictment calendar. They're literally trying to figure out where he's going to be that he doesn't have to show up at a courthouse. U.S. Embassy personnel now told to leave Haiti amid gang violence bringing anarchy to the Caribbean island. Lottery fever spiking again. The next Mega Millions drawing now set to top a billion dollars. And ABC's Phil Lipoff clarifies that for us. That's billions with a B, right? With a B indeed. It is now past a billion dollars. No one matched all five numbers and the Mega Ball last night in the $940 million drawing. There hasn't been a winner in Mega Millions in more than three months. April 18th was the last time. So now this $1.05 billion jackpot is the fourth largest in Mega Millions history. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, partly sunny with a high near 79. Slight chance of an afternoon shower. Slight chance of a shower or thunderstorm tonight with a low near 59. Mostly sunny and a high of 84 on your Sunday. For Monday, slight chance of a storm with a high near 87. 92 Tuesday. A great place to live, stay, shop, and play. It's easy to get to Worthington, Minnesota. It's worth a look. It's 73 at our studios. 
question. What will you find on all over-the-counter or OTC medicine packages to help you choose the right drug and use it safely? The answer, the drug facts label. This label lists the medicine's active ingredients and purpose, how much to take, and warnings you should know before using it. Remember, even OTC medicines you buy without a prescription can cause side effects you don't want. So follow the information listed on the drug facts label. For more information, visit fda.gov slash drug facts label. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The best weekend talk lineup is on Super Talk 1270. Check out the program schedule at supertalk1270.com and on the free Super Talk 1270 app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. And we're back. uh, Joining us on the program now... The Tech Ranch, Jordan Alexander. And Jordan, I want to get into the little bit of the space of social media, just social media. You're, of course, a, a social media manager, social media expert. Um, that's your space. So the transition from Twitter to X. And people kind of freaked out a little bit. They... They lost their marbles going, where'd my bird go? Right. And then they wanted to give the bird back to Elon Musk and Twitter for, <laughs> but kind of a, it was a big transition for people. People were like, I, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this and blah. There, there was a lot of pushback from right. going from quote unquote Twitter to X. Right. Why? I, what, what's your thought behind uh, why was there – I mean it's just a rebranding. It's, it's just, just changed the name. Nothing else about the platform really changed right. at this time. Uh-huh. Why was there such a, a big pushback and response in social media circles? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think it's pretty much the same pushback that was with Meta, when Meta officially went from Facebook to Meta. So it's all encompassing of one suite, right? So Instagram, now Threads, uh, and Facebook are all in that same Meta suite. I feel like it's that same thing. So Elon Musk is already, you know, he's already such a public figure. You know, he's got Tesla, and now he's got Twitter, and he's got SpaceX. You know, he's he's got so much, and people are worried what the implications of that are, especially because, you know, when he responded to tweets about it, or I guess, I don't know what you would call them, X responses? I don't know. Texas, it does, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it which has another entirely different connotation. <laughs> it brings up a country song. But um, So is it a question of uh, people's lack of familiarity or, or uh, you're upsetting their comfort zone, or is it a case of people thinking, well, wait a minute, this is overreaching, which I kind of look at social media being that way anyway. Right. So is it one or the other? Is it a combination of the two? Is there something more to it than just that? Um, I think it comes down to like what kind of person is freaking out about it. So if a public figure, right, is like, oh no, they're rebranding and they're changing and now there's this mass hysteria just in certain groups, right? I don't really think... I think it's just, yeah, the comfort zone thing, right? Now that we're out of our comfort zone, it's no longer Twitter. Now it's X and then what else is going to come with that? Well, I could see from a social media 
influencer, and we talked about this last <laughs> week because uh, I use that moniker very snidely. Um, from that perspective, okay, now you're potentially messing with my revenue stream. Sure. Or if you're an athlete or a an artist – um, an actor or actress, a musician, a basketball player, NFL player. Right. You're potentially messing with my brand. Right. Um, and I think it comes down to that same thing. So uh, TikTok, they have this thing called the Creator Fund, and it's where these social media influencers would post their videos, and then if they got enough people and they got sponsors, they would get – um, just here's a, here's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a buck. You got a million views. All right, here's two dollars. Right. Same thing with YouTube. It used to pay out a lot more, um, because they would you know be driving so, people to the site. But they're paying for content. Yeah. So it's, essentially, it's just a simple business transaction. You're going to provide me content. You're going to provide me a product. Exactly. And I'm going to put that out on my platform and market that, and we'll see how many people come to my platform exactly. because of your product. Right. And so, so it's about content. Now that there's so many content creators out there. There. And now that there's, you know, they're already cutting the creator fund on TikTok. They've cut it on YouTube. They've cut it on Facebook. So I is, think is it it's because it's like, wow, you people are really stupid and just give stuff away anyway because you're <laughs> dumb and uh, we don't have to pay for it anymore. Well, I think it's just that there's so many of them. Plus now they have to, you know, every premium service is going up in price too. So I think it's just a matter of, I'm not exactly sure why, but you know, Spotify premium is going up to, to, I don't know, 17 bucks or something like that. And, you know, Netflix is going up. But what I'm saying, I guess, is that I don't know exactly. Well, Netflix is only going up if you change your plan. Right. And now you've got to watch it with ads, a thing you're paying for. Right. So it's all, it's all a lot. I don't really know. I mean, who knows? Who knows the real answer, I think, other than the people that are pulling the strings. But I think it's a, a, a case of I'm familiar with Twitter. I know how Twitter works. Now, if it changes, I'm going to have to learn a new thing uh, or I'm going to have to change. Or am I going to lose followers? Am I going to have to move to a new social media platform when this is done? You know, I think it's just that fear of having to jump ship and change their entire quote-unquote business plan, you know? Well, we talked a little bit about social media fatigue last week. Yeah. And the social, the social media fatigue factor, yeah. when you're looking at having to learn a new social media or a new protocol for that platform that, like Twitter, now X, um, are there changes coming? Okay, that's a fatigue factor as well. The, right. the social media side of, of, okay, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm, what am I looking for? I'm not looking for anything, I'm just scrolling. Um, one fatigue factor. But on the other side, those that are creating that content, putting in, there's fatigue there because we talked about how many different social media platforms there are now. Right. And they're not all connected. If, if you're doing one, you have to do another and another and another. If you're going to get, try to have it be okay i'm rolling my eyes uh, you can't see it on the radio but i'm rolling my eyes uh if you're trying to c create a, a position a job sure uh, a career in that space then okay it just got harder because you're having to learn different protocols for all these different platforms for all this different because you got to get it out to people and right. when you have a watered-down medium mm -hmm. that social media is because of so many different sources now, if you're going to hit that same market share, 
you got to put it out in more places. There's fatigue on that side as well. Right. And I think that's why Elon Musk wants to make it an all-encompassing platform, right? So now it's got everything that you possibly could want in one platform. So I wonder... Is it going to be a thing next year this time or two years from now or 30 days from now where all of a sudden it's Meta X and they've, you know, they've joined forces because they're billionaire supervillains? So, so <laughs> what are you saying? The, the battle in the octagon is going to be a draw? I mean, unless Joe Rogan is the commentator, I don't want any part of it. Get me out of here. No. Uh, well, I don't know. Both of them do jujitsu or whatever, and I think that's pretty fun. So they're fairly evenly matched. Well, I think a lot of it is <laughs> yeah, it, it brings up a different question though because if from a marketing perspective, if sure. you're trying to peak interest, then I can't think of anything better than what equates to a celebrity death match, That's which right. minus the death part. Maybe. Unless we're lucky. Um, <laughs> maybe that'll be a draw that way. Uh, but if, if you're looking at trying to peak interest, then, oh, that whole merger thing is... Now that's interesting. Maybe. Who knows? Meta X, that has a ring to it. You yeah. Know? Uh, because, I mean, to go back to the meta thing for just a second. Because a lot of it is the same. When you're talking about all-encompassing social mm -hmm. media and that platform, a lot of it occupies the same space. Right. Um, and I think, well, and there's so much pushback with threads right now, right? Uh, it doesn't, really? yeah, there's not so much, it's not a intuitive platform. You can't search for specific tweets like you can on Twitter or I guess posts, I should say. But it was going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread when it rolled out, which was supposedly replicating Twitter, yeah. but in a better way. The thing is with these giant tech companies, if you take a peek behind the curtain, they're rolling things out so fast because they have to, not because it's well planned out, you know, sure, we don't have bugs the way we used to but we'll all fix it on the fly exactly and it's like on a platform that scale if you want all of the instagram and facebook users to be on threads you know now you've got this rollout that's you know it's a window that's closing and closing and closing so now you've just got to put out a product that's not done um and you know yeah we'll fix it in post we'll fix it on the fly sure that works but now you've got so many people that hate your new twitter so because of that fatigue factor i mean yeah I think about this in my media's career and, and, you know, you get one opportunity for that initial impression. That's right. Social media has become the same way because there's so many other avenues that somebody goes, yeah, don't like it going over here. <laughs> and what are the odds of getting them to come back and try it again? Uh, it's if you go ahead and threaten Mark Zuckerberg with a fight. I think that's how you get people back. Because there were so many people that were like, oh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. I'm getting out of here. I'm not doing Twitter. And none of them left. They all right. stayed there. You know? And now it's one of those things where it's like... uh I think the way that we're going to announce that we're going into X from Twitter, so it's an all-encompassing new, better meta, is if I personally, me, Elon Musk, uh, challenges uh, fellow billionaire Mark Zuckerberg to a uh, to an MMA style match, uh, and like I said, Joe Rogan, get him as a as you know. He, he's the referee. He's the one that's really. Yeah, I don't want him just calling the match. No. I want him in the ring. Yeah. Be, 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 yeah. yeah. I want that to be the Joe Rogan experience. And I think it really, <laughs> I th it really would be. Give him a GoPro. It'll be great. Uh, oh, that would be kind of fun, though. Yeah. I, I'm still thinking about that Meta X, though. It does have a ring to it. So, right. And maybe that's you know, the what's future. What's bigger picture? Because, I mean, Facebook is very well Facebook. It's He's got that market cornered. Same with Instagram. It's very well Instagram. But they've been 
incorporating aspects, for example, like stories that originally was Snapchat. So they took that aspect, right? And now it's Instagram stories and it's TikTok stories. Well, and a lot of the tech that we've seen over the last three or four years right. has been consolidation. That's right. So we've got all these different platforms out here. Where's the saturation point? So if instead of inventing the wheel, right. then I'm going to go buy that little company that already did that, that I'm going to incorporate into my platform. Um, is there a saturation point? Are, are we going to see uh, things swinging back to somewhat of an equilibrium where, okay, there's not as many platforms, but the ones that are there are functioning better because they're encompassing these other platforms. Because at some point, you can't have all these platforms that have popped up. Right. Well, one can only hope at this point just because of the social media fatigue we've been talking about. So, I mean, hopefully it all just goes into one place and we can just handle it as it comes, you know. Um, I think that's a good point, though. Uh, having all of it in one place is such a good idea, but it's such a messy social media scape as it is. It alleviates fatigue, right. but it also alleviates consumer choice. That's right. Because at the end of the day, it's about consumer choice. You're a consumer when you're going on these social media platforms. You're consuming that content, and if you don't like the content that's there, then uh, you're going to go someplace else. I absolutely agree. So, uh, this is the Tech Ranch. Interesting stuff. The Tech Ranch. Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So Jordan, when you're talking about threads having negative pushback and, and uh, you describe it as the worst of Twitter and the worst of threads, whatever threads was supposed to be. Right. Um, what are those bad things? When people say it's like, okay, the worst of Twitter and now it's this sure. it, when you're talking about threads. So what are the, the parts that people don't like? So it, for one thing, it's the interfacing. It's the worst part of Twitter interfacing, which is how the algorithm shows you things. And the worst part of Instagram, which is that it shows you the same things over and over and so over. So that's again. the uh, why am I not seeing the people in my feed? Exactly. Why am I getting advertised all these pages I don't follow? And the comment section uh is apparently horrible. It it filters out a lot of good comments to put uh, verified users first. So that would be something that Instagram does, right? So if you're a verified user, you get pushed to the top of the comment section no matter how many people have commented before you that have better comments, for example. Um, so it's a lot of interfacing things that people have been mentioning that they don't like. So part of the interaction with people making comments and I, I try to stay off social media as much as I can, but that is – I know you don't want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> but that's part of content. Right. You know, people put things out so that they can see people's responses. If that content is being limited in some fashion, then you're not getting the content you're expecting. Isn't that bad for the platform? You would think, but the whole selling point of threads is, hey, we're not Twitter. <laughs> that's it. Hey, I'm not Marlo. I, I don't know if that's a selling point or not, but uh, that makes no sense. No. From it, a business perspective or a marketing perspective, that makes zero sense. Unless you think about it like maybe it's going to be a merger. Maybe it's going to be Meta X and Threads is just to throw a hat in the ring like, oh, I guess we couldn't do it. So I suppose we need to partner with my good friend Elon Musk, right? After he kicked my butt in the octagon. Exactly. Yeah. And Joe Rogan had the whole thing live streamed. Okay, so what else are people saying about it? You know, when you say the worst of this, or so what are some of the things that Twitter now X could do better? Or what are some of the things that say they're not going to merge? Sure. Um, 
They're not going to merge. They're not going to merge. Uh, so say they're going to be autonomous different platforms. Sure. What, what do they need to fix? So for threads to work properly, it needs to have uh, the people you follow show up first in your feed. So they need to get rid of that feature that's on Instagram. Um, they need to have... Uh, thread posts be searchable. For example, if you want to find a tweet, also they need to figure out what it's called, not a thread post. Uh, you know, Twitter tweet works really well. So it's just kind of clunky. That's just a me thing though. But, uh, there's a search feature on Twitter. Um, that you would be able to find tweets based on some content in the tweet. You can't do that on threads. For example, if you're posting about uh, some great restaurant you went to and I couldn't remember the name of the restaurant, I would type in your name in great restaurant, right? And I would be able to find that tweet that you made. But on threads, that's just not a possibility. Uh, Very important, though. It's one of the most important things. That's what makes Twitter really, really well, easy to use. If you're looking at how much time people spend on social media, which is too much. Yes. But if, if okay, I can go and yeah, search, done, and you just saved me a ton of time. Right. Well, I can see where that would be frustrating from a, a potential threads user, which maybe we'll call them nits. <laughs> well, if it's a thread, it's kind of like knitting, right? Sure. Yeah, so we'll call it a knit. Yeah. Um, but that's frustrating. Absolutely. It's time-consuming. Yes. Well, when you go onto threads and you spin a yarn, it's really hard to... <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to... Um... But I'm bummed. Yes. Yeah, it's like Marlo's right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to compete with something that's been in you know, the zeitgeist for so long, such as Twitter, you know, um, it, it, you can easily search hashtags on threads, which is nice. Um, but as far as people are concerned, it's essentially Instagram. So the text you post is not searchable. That is a bad feature. And that's the main thing that people don't like about it is all of the features they have are just less good Instagram features. Um, and again, the whole selling point is, Hey, we're not Twitter. You can go to us, but they rolled it out. Number one, far too late. And number two, it's just I don't know what they were thinking with it because well, it why wouldn't you fix what's in house before you move on to something else because a lot of people's complaints about the acquisition of Instagram and the features from Instagram sure. they never fix those no no not really um they've just they built on the bad Exactly. Applications. Exactly. So to go back and fix the foundation would be too difficult at this point. So I think they're just okay with uh, water in the basement. You know, that's meta, really. And hey, we suck, but we're not Twitter. Hey, but okay. at least we're not Twitter. <laughs> you know. And you know, to to Zuckerberg's credit, um, it was a bold move to directly go up against Elon Musk specifically. That's the reason he did it, um, sort of. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean. Again, maybe it's just the flirtation of a merger later on, but say it's not. I think what he'll have to do is he'll come out with a different app that's just threads, but call it something else when he's worked out all those bugs, right? When the company Meta has worked out all those bugs. I wouldn't have, I would love it if he was the one coding all of it, getting all this feedback, you know, just imagine Mark Zuckerberg yeah, just crying in a room. Um, but, uh, well, I could see him crying in a room. Well, that's true. Not yeah. over this because he's not doing all the coding. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark in here. <laughs> Somebody turn a light on. Um, so not fixable? Uh, perhaps later down the line, but I think the way that the aggression with having to put this out really has just absolutely ruined any chance of. In the near future, because the other side of that out. is, you say that uh, 
they're all bad reviews, and they are all bad reviews. That's right. Truly, I, truly. I, I went and looked, and I didn't see a good one. And I looked no. for about 20 minutes, and I'm like, oh, people hate this. Yeah, if you type in Threads Review, there's a billion tech blogs that are like, do not use this. It sucks. And once you sign up, if you want to delete your Threads account, it will delete your Instagram, and then it will delete your Facebook account. So you are stuck with the Threads You're account if, you sign, with it. if you've signed up. Yeah, which is, I mean... Great. That's where my data is in one more place, and it's an unstable platform. Great. Now, if there's a data leak at Threads, they have all of this information that's been connected to my Facebook that I've had since 2011, for example. You know, it's a it's a sinking ship. So, from a security spec perspective, you really shouldn't even go try it. So, for meta messaging, I will say it's double encrypted. It's end to end encrypted, much like WhatsApp or something like that. So, it actually their messaging platform. Maybe if they were able to do that on a grander scale, uh, it wouldn't be so bad. But from a security standpoint in general, it's a, it's a new social media platform that has all of your data plus all the new stuff that's coming in, right? So. I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to say. It's you can never guarantee that your card information is going to be stolen when you go shop at Target, right? But you take that risk every day anyway. So, who's to say, really? So, Facebook, yeah. And I've kind of checked out of that. Yeah. Um but not the Messenger. Sure. Yeah, so, it's great. What's out there for Messenger apps that could supplant a Facebook Messenger or a Twitter feed or um, crappy threads, <laughs> nits or whatever they are. Um, there's got to be some good apps that are out there that maybe people, because of that fatigue factor, that familiarity, the comfort level, they just haven't played with yet. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about where some of those social media applications are going because again social media is supposed to be about connectivity and that's right. why I still use the messenger because it is the connectivity and trying to communicate right. so I've got a lot of friends that I communicate with up oh, I'll get a message from messenger I'll get um, they'll send me a picture or a meme or something or you know shoot me some information um, I, and I want to come back and talk about what some of the best platforms are and what that looks like going forward the tech ranch super talk 127 technology comes alive let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve and don't forget to check out the techranch.com for more we're talking with Jordan Alexander, uh, social media expert and manager, and you mentioned WhatsApp, which is one of many that are out there, but uh, people aren't happy with the Facebook or a Threads or uh, Twitter, now X. What are out there? Because I, like I said, I use Messenger quite a bit still. I, I don't use the Facebook. I use Messenger because... It's the connectivity, and I communicate with a lot of people. You know, shoot somebody a quick message, or um, I'll use the. I'm an Android guy, so sure. I, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't have the capability of doing the video uh, conference. I'll use Messenger for that. Right. What are some of the other apps that are out there? If you don't want to go down the road of a Facebook, or you want to get rid of that 
threads or the Instagram or, or the Twitter or now X. Uh, what, what are some of the good ones that are out there that people should look at? Well, for strictly communication, I think you can't get better than the Facebook Messenger because it's been around for so long. And like I said, end-to-end encryption, and it's not clunky. They've just upgraded and upgraded and upgraded. Now you can sign up with just your phone number without having a... Uh, a Facebook account, which well, is and, really nice. And content-wise, sure. because in, when I'm talking about content, I'm talking in a very broad sense here because of that history that Facebook's been around so long. Right. If you have a sizable connection list, then that's content. And you're going to be able to reach out to more people that way. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I do like the the video because I'll I'll use that all the time. My my wife's an iPhone person, and I'm sure. not. Um, I'm an Android, and from a video perspective, it's like, yeah, I need you to pick up that wrench when you're at the the hardware store for me. And okay, just shoot me the picture. And or if she sends me to the grocery store, it's like, right, which one did you want? Right, and I'll pop, pull it up and. Video, you know, here we're taking a pic, you know, we're communicating on, on, on the video link. Yeah, absolutely. Love that part of it. Yeah, I mean, and I think like you can't get better than that. Um, so there are other apps out there. WhatsApp, for example, I mentioned before. Again, that's end to end encrypted, so it feels a lot more safe. It connects with your phone number, but gives you a jumbled phone number, basically, to whoever, uh, you're communicating with, as far as I understand. Um, there is a video, platform that is built into that for example uh in what uh, it uses a lot less data than something like facebook messenger or well, that's the one downside of messenger yes. is okay and sometimes if you don't have really good uh, internet connectivity right. it's a little sketchy on the picture it'll lock up a little bit but the amount of data that it uses right uh, if you're not connected to Wi-Fi, right. probably don't want to use it if you if you right. do not have an unlimited data plan. That's right. Um, so that's the nice thing about WhatsApp too is you have all the capability. It's a, it looks a little less good. It's a little bit more clunky, but it's just as secure and it has all the same features. For example, a lot of people uh, in Europe use that because data is so expensive in Europe and having a, a U.S. SIM card if you're traveling abroad, for example, uh, you're going to spend so much money on that data plan if you're using just Facebook Messenger. That's why WhatsApp is great. Um, there are other things that people use. There's a there's a service that's called Discord, and normally what that was used for is people communicating via video games, right? So if you have a bunch of friends, for example, you can all start a chat room and uh, and be talking in the same place. Again, it's end-to-end encrypted. That one just keeps getting better, uh, but that was targeted more specifically towards people uh, playing video games with their friends. Um, and then there's a thing called Telegram, which is, I think, a little less secure. I don't know if it's in encrypted in the same way, but that's a good way to communicate with people abroad or in Mexico or in Canada. Again, if you don't want to have those service charges, you know, it's a great way to stay in touch regardless. Um, those are the ones that I mean I would mostly recommend using is WhatsApp and, and Facebook Messenger just because they really, really are secure and they really do work very well. Um, but as far as like content, as far as what you want to see and, and how you want to see your content, I don't really know. The future is a little uncertain for that. For certain demographics, Facebook works really, really, really well for advertising. Uh, for certain demographics, 
TikTok is the only way to reach them, you know, for you know younger people and stuff. Um, Instagram is a great way to do advertisements because they look just like regular posts and you'll click on it and you'll go to Amazon and you'll buy a pair of shoes that you did not need, but you, you know, it's three in the morning, you can't sleep. Why not buy a pair of shoes? Uh, this outfit is brought to you by Instagram ads, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty fun, but I would say specifically in the messaging realm, you can't get better than what Meta has out there right now. So when you're looking at the different platforms and what that looks like from a platform perspective, sure. Um, does it come down to what your needs are Absolutely. and how you plan on using them? So um, is it about okay, am I connecting with just my immediate family or is there extended family or do I have friends or business acquaintances? Um, You know, business side of things, I use LinkedIn a lot. Sure. Um, That's almost turning into social media now. Absolutely. Instead of being, this is a business site. Absolutely. And and I I don't know if Microsoft is really aware of the level it's become social media versus this is a tool. Right. And I think the way that you appeal to people in their 20s, people in their early 30s, is you make it social media that is a tool. Really, that's that's what keeps people interested. Um, exactly what you're saying. So we communicate via Slack here quite a bit, and that's a really great way to communicate in a business standpoint. You get added to your Slack team, you have everybody there at your fingertips. That's also end-to-end encrypted, but that's more of a if you're trying to communicate within a business, that's that's what Slack is used for. Same with Microsoft Teams, same thing. But LinkedIn, it's really interesting how it's become you're scrolling through someone's page and so and so recommends this person and so and so recommends this person. There are, you know, there are actors and their agents that are just on LinkedIn. Now. It's become a people want ads. Absolutely. You know, here's here's we're promoting this person because somebody's paying me to promote this person. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't I'm they're definitely well aware of what's happening as far as it turning into a social media platform but i don't know how that's going to work as far as longevity because that was the that was the place you know that was a professional scape on, on which you could go on to people's page and find out legitimate information not just inflated yeah. garbage kind and, of. and now it's to the point where you can't trust all the information that's out there no no, because you don't have to necessarily be honest on a resume. And if your resume is public, you're especially going to try to uh, make it seem a lot more impressive to all these strangers. If they type in your name onto Google and like, oh, they've got a LinkedIn. Oh, interesting. They were working at Twitter before they got laid off. But maybe that's true. There's, It's very hard to verify that kind of thing just via LinkedIn, right? So I don't know. It's kind of becoming one of those things where – I just want to see what happens with it because who knows? You know, maybe that's better for the long term, but it really doesn't feel much different than something like Facebook now. You get a lot of opinion posts on there as well because it used to be a lot of articles, a lot of uh, information uh, from the perspective of okay, I need to go do a little research and somebody will have posted, somebody in a field right. that I'm working in will have posted a paper with factual data. They've turned into a lot of influencers in the business space. Sure. And people who have... Um, turned a lot of it into opinion pieces. So right. I have to be a little guarded when I go on 
on that site now because we have to be aware that a lot of this is now opinion. Right. So I don't see it getting fixed. I see what's the next platform that's going to supplant LinkedIn. Because I remember when LinkedIn first started, and it was pretty phenomenal from a business perspective, but now it's turned into, do you trust it? The other side of that is when does an app or a platform lose its relevancy and open up the door for somebody else to come in and supplant it? When do you see that? Is is it because LinkedIn to me is losing its effectiveness from a, a business platform? So I'm starting to catch myself because I'm having to put more time into it right. to filter through what's fact and what's opinion, and because I don't want it to be opinion, I want it to be fact. I want it to be business, and and it was such a good tool. When does that open up another door? Because there's so many apps that are out there. There's so many different platforms. And and we've talked about the social media, but this is a, sure. a business one. This is a, a work one. Where's that opportunity arise? You know, it's interesting. We mentioned that now there are business influencers, right? So right. now LinkedIn has become mostly opinion pieces. Very uh, much so. And it, it does feel like there is a really, really – blurry line between is this social media or is this an actual tool uh, to re- to remain relevant they really have pushed in the direction of social media and is that a good thing is that a bad thing i don't know i really don't know for some people it's a really good thing for some people who are looking just for a professional opinion about something really bad thing you know it kind of really depends um where does it leave us i don't really know that's a great question as well because are we in a space now that we feel comfortable uh, getting opinions from our peers on something like LinkedIn? So, Jordan, when you're looking at the business side of things, yeah. is it indicative of a bigger issue in that the lines are getting blurred, not only in the, the platform spaces, but the lines are getting blurred between business and social media. So people at the office, uh, there's a lot to do with social media now. I used to hate emails. Right. Still do. Because um, <laughs> I don't find it productive spending a, an hour of my day at work sure. going through and deleting emails to find that one message that's actually relevant when I've got 30 that aren't. Right. To me, that's wasteful of time. People go through social media like that at work because, well, that's part of my job now. So have we blurred those lines and there's no coming back from that? Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as far as the blurred lines Um, because – you're biased. You're a social media Because I'm a social media manager. That's my job and they pay me for that. Um, But (laughs) I think it's because it has remained relevant, this this – Long, right? So now Facebook isn't just a passing fad. It is a well, fact. Well, lo- longevity equates to relevancy. Exactly. It, it's it's kind of like uh, the athlete that, hey, you had a 20-year career. You, you didn't have the best numbers, but you were solid, steady, there every day. Does that make you a Hall of Famer? Well, longevity means something. So That's true. As opposed to the flash in the pan that put up incredible numbers but had a five-year career. Right. So longevity means something in a lot of different spaces. 
It's staying power. Staying power matters. Right. And I mean, the thing about Facebook is it's got every demographic from people that are, you know, 16 to people that are 85. Everybody can use it. It's become so... 8 to 80. Exactly. 8 to 80. I mean, it really is interesting um, because it has so much staying power. And I think it's that thing where we're tricking ourselves into feeling connected to one another. Um, and it's no longer a trick. It's fact. This is how we connect. You know, is it face-to-face? Is it not face-to-face? Some people can't do it. Some people can. You know, it's... Uh, well, that's the old adage. You know, we trick ourselves right. into being relevant. Exactly. Because some actor you may follow... Right. And you tweeted something on their tweet and then they commented on a retweet that you did. And, right. Oh, hey, now we're friends. Right. Wait, exactly. Oh. The thing about like the Brad Paisley song with MySpace. It's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, yes, really. Um, that's a, it's an interesting point. Well, and to bring up MySpace, Facebook showed up and MySpace left. They were gone. And MySpace was more of a connection point, in my opinion. You could build your own site. You could connect with people. You could show everybody who your top five favorite friends were. You know, it was a really, really interesting that was a flash in the pan, exactly what you're talking about. It Where'd was it go? cool. It was cool for what it was, and then now Justin Timberlake owns it, and that's true. So was that a question it was before its time, or was it a case of, oh, because I, I, I don't see Facebook as being that much bigger and better, but it was marketed better. Sure. So, or was it a case of, well, this is the next best thing, you know, so people get hung up on the shiny new objects, and Facebook was right on the heels of MySpace, and right. then My, er, Facebook just got huge. Right. So did it force the MySpace to go away? You know, a little bit in some ways. Tom from MySpace, he was not a fighter at all. He's no he's no Elon Musk going up against Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg's the new fresh guy, and he's like, I don't want to fight. Uh, MySpace is for this particular group of people, which is people, you know, 17 to 30. It's, ne- it's never going to have the mass appeal that Facebook does, so Tom just kind of, you know, he took it for what it was. He stepped away from it. Um, and it's kind of like when you know you've lost a the fight, there is dignity in leaving, you know? <laughs> well, you definitely won't see Tom in the octagon. I I mean, if we're lucky, we will. Maybe someday. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. We talk about the different platforms that are out there in, in, in the world of social media. One that I found is kind of a little bit of an anomaly, and I'd like you to explain it to me and the listeners today. Um, Pinterest. It... it <sighs> How do you define it for the first thing? Because there's so many different platforms on there, but it's like, oh, there's cooking, there's crafts, there's hacks. There's so many different things out there. It's kind of a, hey, what do you need for your life to get through the day? And boom, it's on Pinterest. How do you define Pinterest? Because it's part social media. It's part self-help. It's part DIY. It's it's part cooking show where does it fall into the world of social media because i don't think it's truly social media it's there's the connectivity piece of it a little bit but it's about hey try this it's exactly what x is trying to do and it's ah. succeeding because it has things that are shared from facebook shared from uh twitter shared from tumblr if you remember tumblr uh shared from everywhere people's personal blogs and if your photo is captivating enough people are going to click on it go to your website right so it is that all-encompassing website that we've sort of been missing um it's an interesting 
Yeah, anomaly is a good word because, you know, it was for moms that were trying to remember recipes, right? And then it was for people that wanted to redecorate their room. And then it was for people uh, who, yeah, needed life hacks or uh, some new workouts to try at the gym. So it does all of the things that X is trying to do by having all of those social medias rolled into one. So when you're looking at Pinterest, yeah, another anomaly with it is – it comes and goes. There's there's a waning and a waxing in its popularity, and and how do you explain that? Because it, there's it's almost like there's a cycle to it. Right. Yeah. It is cyclical in the way of, oh, my mom uses Pinterest. I don't want to use Pinterest. And then you're like, well, and then you become a mom and go, I'm using Pinterest. Well, it's like actually, my mom was kind of right. This Pinterest thing, you know, it's got something. But it's it's interesting because it has not really changed. The platform is essentially exactly the same as it always was. You know, it hasn't. It's become a little less clunky, but it looks basically the same. Uh, you can you know have your folders of stuff. Uh, this is what I want to decorate my room like. This is what I want to get my kids for Christmas. You know, it's a, it's a great way to keep all that stuff. But favorite recipes, exactly. That's one of my favorites, exactly. And it's uh, but it's then you know uh, from a graphic designer slash social media manager standpoint. Now I've got all this inspiration. You know, what do I want it to look like? And you've got it at your fingertips. You know, and it's other creators usually. That's the big thing is if you are a creator and you share it to Pinterest, now all of a sudden all of these other creators can see what you've done and have it all in one place. They don't have to go on your Facebook and sift through and sift through and sift through. They don't have to go on your Instagram and sift through. They don't have to message you personally and try to get this information. It's all right there. Um, so, yeah, maybe Pinterest is the original X. Maybe Elon Musk needs to go in that direction where instead of trying to replace everything, take it and absorb it into one place. Well, we talked about that a little bit earlier about uh, the level of saturation where things consolidate by consumption. Right. So I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to buy that platform, that app that brings together the pieces that I want to add to mine. Right. So at some point, everything's for sale. That's absolutely true. So why would Elon with X, which is supposed to be this all-encompassing, or a meta sure. that is trying to get to that same space, why wouldn't they go after a Pinterest or, you know, because you see this with Facebook that had consolidation with the Instagram and, you know, how Snapchat rolled into things and different combining of platforms. Why is Pinterest out there still? Because where they want to go and it's kind of already there and I don't always consider it social media because it's, hey, no, I, there's a hack here or hey, that trick works or uh, DIY, uh, sprucing up a room, a recipe. It's got a little everything and, and, I, and it's not about the comments and the uh, other people's inputs. It's about, oh, Hey, I should try that. That works. Right. How do I get the stains off that pot? Um, you exactly. know, you know, kids got a diaper rash. How do I get rid of it without having to go to the store out of household stuff? Right. There's so many different things in there. It's not truly social media because there's not so much interaction. Yeah. It's oh, hey, it's a source of information. And it's unsocial media. That's yeah. that's the best part of it. Is you get all of those things that you want 
without the clouding uh, of someone commenting, this doesn't work, or this didn't work for me because instead of baking powder, I used baking soda. It's like, well, yeah, that's going to have different results, but you don't see that. You know, it's, it's a social media for me. It's a me social media. I'm the only person that I interact with on there. And so it's a peaceful internet space as it stands right now. Right. So I think that's the beauty of it. I think that's why it has so much staying power is there's always going to be someone that's so sick of the scroll and they only want to see things that they can think of in their head. They don't want to be advertised things all the time, all the time, all the time. And you know, you're like, well, I just want to go look at through the recipes because I just need to relax after a long week at work. I just want to make a nice recipe in my crock pot, set it and forget it. And then go watch house for oh, yeah, the crock pot recipe. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, hey, yeah. If I throw all that stuff in there and one crock pot meals, I, I that, exactly my wife uses that all the time. And yeah. I, I love that. So the unsocial social media, right? And you talk about the connectivity side of social media and this is the unconnectivity. So it's, it's almost the anti-social media, which I think is part of the reason I don't mind Pinterest. Yes. Yeah. I'm a guy and I said that. Okay. So not a problem. I love it. To everything, there's a yin and a yang. Right. Do we need that unsocial social media platform? So is there always going to be a space for a Pinterest or something that's a little counterculture? Because I see the social media side of stuff, but there's not a whole lot of alternatives out there that are that counterculture to social media. Pinterest being a minimal example of it. Right. Do you think there's space for maybe a whole new genre of unsocial media? You know, I've been recently thinking about this. So I had an ad a couple of days ago from this app that's like, instead of scrolling mindlessly, learn while you scroll and you download the app and it locks down your phone. Basically, it's it turns it into basically you can only be on this app for X amount of time and you don't get notifications or whatever. Right. So you're just scrolling, you're learning and you, you know, it's you just keep scrolling and keep scrolling. That's what Wikipedia is for. In my opinion, you don't need an entire app for that. So the market for it doesn't I mean it exists but it's really hard to break into because everyone's trying this edgy way to nudge their way in and and uh shake it up a little bit shake it up uh in the algorithm space but Pinterest is very unproblematic and they've been around for so long with the exact same platform that they were ahead of the curve as far as I'm concerned because they weren't concerned with what other people are saying they're just a space for people to categorize things and share with one another that's what it's for so going back to the whole comfort zone thing, right? Um, and you know, talking about Pinterest, and I, I always talk about food with Pinterest, right? And comfort foods, it's kind of what Pinterest is. It's a, it's a comfort food when it comes to social media because people go to social media for an escape, right? Where do you go for an escape from social media without having to turn off your device? Because people refuse to turn off their device. They right. refuse to be unconnected. I, I disconnect. I have to disconnect. Yeah. Um, my wife can't disconnect. A lot of people can't disconnect. But with Pinterest, it's a way to disconnect without being disconnected. It's true. I think the other part of that is uh, games on your phone, you know, playing Angry Birds. It really helps. <laughs> See, I try not to do the games. Well, Pinochle, because I learned to play Pinochle on... If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. 
You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. This is Ag Issues with Neil Roberts. Welcome to another edition of Ag Issues. Our guest today is Extension Entomologist Janet Knodel from North Dakota State University. And Janet, we'll talk aphids in this report. Let's start with the pesky soybean aphid. Give us the update. Well, we're starting to see soybean aphids increasing, mainly in the Red River Valley area, both in North Dakota and Minnesota. The incidence is up to about 65% in North Dakota and higher in Minnesota. And then we're also seeing about 60 aphids per plant. So we're well below the threshold of 250 aphids per plant. This is something that we'll have to watch here because we're in the uh, moderate temperatures right now. And that's when the population can double in less than five days, sometimes even two days if the conditions are optimal. Okay, good stuff, Janet. Hey, we'll talk the cereal aphid when we come back. At Northwest Tire, you can get the tires you need for your car, pickup, and almost any other vehicle you drive. But did you know they also do so much more than just tires? Northwest Tire is certified ASC mechanics that can do brakes, alignments, flushes, oil changes, and general engine repair. If you're short on cash, apply for their financing today. Apply in store or at nwtire.com. Deferred interest for six months with any purchase over $149. See store for details. Northwest Tire. Tires and so much more. Northwest Tire keeps you rolling down the road. Birdsall Grain and Seed, a farmer's seed company servicing all of your agronomy needs. Birdsalls offers certified seed and wants to remind you to book early for next spring to guarantee availability at top varieties. Birdsalls can also cover your fall burndown needs from chemical to custom application. Also offered is dry fertilizer, anhydrous, seed cleaning, as well as custom application of dry fertilizer. Stop in or call Birdsall Grain and Seed today at 701-453-3300. Birdsall Grain and Seed, a farmer's seed company. Four miles west of Berthold, just off Highway 2. We're with Janet Canodal talking aphids today and tell us the status of the cereal aphid right now? Well, we've just seen the migratory cereal aphids coming in to North Dakota, and you need to get out and scout for the aphids. They can be on the heads or the leaves or down at the base of the plant. And if you are seeing aphids right now through the end of flowering, the threshold is four to seven aphids per stem, and it goes up as the plant starts to mature through the end of flowering through medium milk, eight to 12 aphids per stem. So just be sure that you check your Wheat fields and barley fields, we don't want to see any yield loss, so scouting is the key. All right, good stuff, Janet. Thanks for that. That will put a wrap on this report. Until next time, I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Ag Issues, brought to you in part by Northwest Tire, keeps you rolling down the road, by Birdsall Grain and Seed, and by Bremer Bank. Contact Bremer for all your egg banking solutions. A tradition like you've never experienced before. Except, I guess, it is our 10th anniversary. But we keep getting bigger and better. It's Bike Night 2023 every Wednesday night at Sickie's Garage Burgers and Brews. Fenders, cocktails, and beer, food, games, and incredible weekly prize giveaways. All summer long, sign up to win a 2023 CF Moto 650 NK motorcycle from DeVore. 
Rock Motorsports and RV Center. The more bike nights you attend, the more you have chances to win that motorcycle. Here's just a few of our sponsors. Seafoam Motor Treatment, Mord Sport and Marine, Bismarck Den Company, BTP Total Performance, Indian Motorcycle of Bismarck Mandan, Timeless Motorsports, T-Trailer Sales, Larson's Tattooing, Mineral Palace, Hyder Glass Specialties, Rough Rider Harley-Davidson, Nothing Bun Cakes, and Jack Daniels. We're revving up every Wednesday night from 5 till 9 all summer long. Bike Night 2023 at Sickie's Garage, Burgers and Brews. Learn more on our station app. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. Donald Trump back out on the campaign trail in Iowa, vowing to stay in the race as he faces new federal charges. The former president now charged not only with mishandling classified documents, but trying to destroy surveillance footage to obstruct the investigation. ABC's Rachel Scott in Des Moines with more. Trump crossing paths with 12 of his rivals in Iowa this weekend, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Does Trump best represent the future of the Republican Party, or or is this all a distraction? If the election becomes a referendum on what document was left by the toilet at Mar-a-Lago, we are not going to win. Few candidates in that crowded field willing to go after the former president directly. The one that did boot off the stage. Donald Trump is running to stay out of prison. And if we elect... Well, her shrugging that reaction off. An American from New Hampshire, along with her child kidnapped in Haiti, the woman who was working with the ministry group El Roy Haiti, which says she'd been working in the country for some time. This is the Caribbean nation spirals into anarchy. The U.S. on Thursday issued the highest level of warning for Haiti, urging all American citizens to leave immediately. came after a fresh surge in gang violence, people reportedly gathering outside the embassy, seeking protection because of heavy gunfire nearby. Haiti's collapsed into anarchy since the assassination of its president two years ago, torn apart by powerful gangs. The gangs driving people from their homes, raping and killing. In Peru. Protests returning today to the streets of the capital, Lima, calling for the president's removal and the dissolution of Congress, angry with widespread poverty in the country and inequality. The Mega Millions jackpot stirring past a billion dollars today after no one matched all five numbers, plus the Mega Ball in last night's $940 million drawing. The $1.05 billion jackpot, fourth largest in the lottery's history. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, partly sunny with a high near 79. Slight chance of an afternoon shower. Slight chance of a shower or thunderstorm tonight with a low near 59. Mostly sunny and a high of 84 on your Sunday. For Monday, slight chance of a storm with a high near 87. 92 Tuesday. A great place to live, stay, shop, and play. It's easy to get to Worthington, Minnesota. It's worth a look. It's 76 at our studios. The next greatest generation is now. By joining the North Dakota Army National Guard, you continue to live life with your goals in mind. Whether choosing to go to school or work at your chosen profession, your service in the North Dakota Army National Guard allows you to build your future your way. The North Dakota Army National Guard allows you to serve your community and your nation while enjoying life right here at home. Live here. 
serve here. Join the North Dakota Army National Guard today. Now you can listen to Super Talk 1270 on Alexa. Hiya. Find out how at supertalk1270.com. Goodbye. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So all these different platforms we're talking about, they all take one thing. They have, they do have one thing in common. Data. That's right. They, they all consume. You have to have connectivity. We were talking a little bit earlier about uh, the differences in data, data consumption, data costs between Europe and the United States. Why is that? Why why are there different, you know, I, I think of data and so I have Verizon and Verizon has data and why is data more expensive in Europe than it is here? If I travel over to Europe, I should be able to, I'm using the same data from Verizon. Sure. On my mobile device, why why the disparity in cost? Honestly, it comes down to cell towers. Truth be told, as so cellular data or it's just called mobile data. Mm-hmm. It we have far too many uh, cell towers in the U.S. That's why it's so cheap. I do uh, like the ones that look like trees, though, because they can <laughs> kind of blend them in, so it looks like a big pine tree. Uh, I like those. It scares me. It scares me because you know uh, what's that line from that Joni Mitchell song? Uh, Take all the trees, put them in a tree museum. <laughs> Char- charge everybody. A dollar and a half just to see him, you know. It's interesting though well, because cellular tower looks like a tree. That's okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those interesting things where it's just we have an abundance, whereas you know there's so many different countries in such a close proximity. Whereas the U.S., you know, we can kind of keep it all in one place. I think that's literally just what it boils down to. Um, and also, if you look at data usage from each one of your apps, right? There is so much background data being used at all times if you're not connected to Wi-Fi. Well, and I try to shut a lot of that off, but yeah. I some things get by, like, um, there's different apps. I've, I've caught my wife on a couple, because I can go back and look and see what's sure. using it, and I go, okay, social media is sucking up a lot of data. Right. And I can compare her phone to my phone and my right. other device, and I'm like, no, that's her. Um, <laughs> and, and then I'll go in, and you can break it down even further by looking through, well, in my case, Verizon, looking yeah. at their um, data usage, and I'm like, okay, I can pinpoint the thing. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What's that little anomaly? And I'll go back and look. I was like, oh, well, that was my phone. What, what do I not have turned off? Right. Or if Facebook's notorious for this, sure. they'll uh, refresh or update yes. their, their background, platform, background. and all of a sudden, all of those things you turned off get reset, and they're back on now. And you don't realize they're sucking up your data. Right, because now they have this new update. It opens up. Here's what's new with their update. I'm not reading that. Agree. And yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, now they're using more data than before. Uh, and so it's going to cost you more money in the long run, right? It's it's one of those things. Now even text messages, some sort of text messages will use data to send things because it's much faster. Uh, even though but with- you'll get a message on, on the landline one. That so, hey, you'll get 
that because the landline ones are the ones that use the data. Sure. And you're also transferring from a cellular network to a right. landline, which is another cost. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I, and I'm as diligent as I can be, but uh, tell you what, I, we just got a notice uh, this week. It's like, oh, you have eight days left and you're down to 10% data. Right. I had to go through the whole plant, started a fight with my wife and I on, uh, <laughs> can I pay the cell bill? But I don't like unlimited plans because when I need my data, right. I don't want it slowed down because, well, you're getting close to the unlimited cap to, you know, that ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. And I hate that. Right. I, 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 I want to be able to use it as I see fit when I need to use it. Now, in, in case of emergency, it's like, okay, I'll pay a little bit more for to buy a little sure. bit more data. Um, but I know where my limits are and I know what I go through a month unless something screwy is going on. Sure. And she doesn't get that part. Right. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, what's with data? It's Wi-Fi. What's this? It's the same thing. What's the difference? No. It, it kind of is. Wi-Fi is just your own localized data network. That's right. really what you're paying for. But it is. But on, I'm like, paying for that separately exactly. because that goes through my cable bill. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's localized. That's it's localized data. But it's a really interesting thing. I mean, now so many apps are using it. If you have an iPhone, every time you send an iMessage, you're using just a little bit of data, right? Um, and iPhones notoriously use a little bit more data than an Android phone. Um, and what I got more ammunition. <laughs> and what's what's really funny too is uh, if you're on a Verizon, right? Uh, you could be in a city where there's a bunch of people and you'd think, yes, my data is going to work great here and it doesn't work. But then all of a sudden you're in the middle of nowhere and you've got full cell service and you're like, this is a blessing and a curse because why couldn't I use this in Minneapolis? But now I'm in the middle of Oaks, North Dakota and what's going on? Why, yeah. why do I have full service here? Well, and I used to have a, a, a company that was acquired back in the day in North Dakota that was, and the reason I had it was because I could be in the middle of a cornfield in the middle of nowhere and I had cell signal. Right. Um, some of it I attribute to, I had Motorola had the best internal antenna at the That's time right. back yeah. then. And I attribute some of that to that, but the combination of the two, I was connected. Ironically, and I used to go work at CMA Fest every year for sure. a production company and we put on the concerts at the Hard Rock stage at CMA Fest in Nashville, Tennessee. And I had AT&T at the time. And if I stepped out in front of the Hard Rock Cafe and looked down the street, I'm looking at the AT&T building <laughs> and all their satellite dishes and all their towers and all this infrastructure right there. And I had a half to zero bars. Right. I yeah. had zero connectivity. It's so funny, too, because in a case like that, you're literally standing in front of the apparent source, right? If you're in yeah. a group of people – at a concert, for example, data just doesn't work in a cluster like that. And that's something that they're still working out because if you localize too many people, uh, all of a sudden you're trying to send text messages from a mosh pit where you're like, get me out of here, please help me. No, no one, you know, and then you're getting trampled. Well, uh, you see that a lot with social media because people are trying to post to social media all the time that's right. at concerts or different events. That's right. And when you get all that people, because there's only so much room on a cell tower. Exactly. Uh, and it's so interesting too, because there's giant data farms and there's buildings with with satellites all over them, and you would think, ah, this is going to work great here because I'm 25 feet away from the source of this. But yet, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I, uh, it's great. It's te technology at its finest. You know, 5G is uh, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to anybody ever.
So I want to talk a little bit about the the 5G versus the 4G, and and you know a lot of people don't know North Dakota first place in the country they got 4G. That's right. Uh, a lot of that was because of the oil patch. You needed the connectivity with the SCADA systems and all the different stuff that was going out in the hinterland, the middle of nowhere in North Dakota. And gee, all of a sudden everybody got connected. Um, that farmer or rancher that had to drive down their country road three miles to get a cell phone service uh, just to get a, pick up a signal, um, all of a sudden they're connected. Right. 4G made a huge difference, and it was the oil patch precipitated. Now, 5G rolls out, and, well, you're already serviced, so you're good. We'll get there eventually. Right. We're probably going to be one of the last places that gets the 5G. Well, that's exactly right. Because, hey, I got a 5G phone. I got 5G, right? No, you don't. That, that That's not necessarily the case. It's kind of like the people that get uh, – Brand new big 4K TVs or 5K TVs. Right. Like, yeah, but how many 5K signals are being put out there? Exactly. And how many programs are actually being put up that right. are 4K that are capable of that? 5G is the same way. Exactly. It's spotty at best, especially in the middle of a country like this. So, I mean, the worldwide coverage is so limited compared to, you know, what 4G has or LTE has. You know, it's a, it's a, Upload rates are even slower, even though download rates are even faster. It's kind of an interesting – I mean, it's just – it's in its baby phase. It got rolled out too quickly, much like everything else. But because some places abroad were using it, now we've got to roll it out worldwide so it doesn't seem suspicious, right? So what does 5G do to data? Because you hear a lot about the 4G versus 5G and it, um, the data, the speed, the stream. Okay, but what does it mean for data? And I want to bring this back to data cost because yeah. with the 5G, you have the ability to consume a lot more data, which means uh, you might be burning through your plan a little quicker. That's right. Well, perhaps because now you have a 4G LTE, you've got one gigabyte per second. Well, per explain, the, okay, explain the difference between 4G, 4G LTE, the 5G. Yeah, so 4G kind of got phased out with 4G LTE because LTE just means that there's faster speeds basically available everywhere. It's not just a 4G tower anymore. Um, and that LTE, you can bounce off of multiple cell towers. So if you're on something like Straight Talk or Cricket Wireless or something like that, typically you'll use AT&T and Verizon towers uh, to talk to your phone to get more coverage, right? But you're at the bottom of the list, though. So if exactly. those cell towers are full right. capacity-wise, you're not getting on. I mean – Sort of, yeah. I mean, you're gonna use the same. Like, it's it's so again going to if you're at a concert or a venue, like, exactly. Like, go try to send a, a message or post to social media up at the right. state fair this week at the concerts. Not happening. Not at all. Not until you leave or you, you get on a different tower. Right. So if you're on one of those ancillary um, providers, yeah. You tell you what, if I'm a Verizon or an AT and T person, as a primary customer of theirs. I get first first choice, first dibs on that cell tower and that connection. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so, for example, has a peak speed of one gigabyte per second, whereas 5G, in theory, could get up to 20 gigabytes. So up to 100 times faster. But what does that mean for data usage? I don't really know yet because we don't have full coverage worldwide. So we don't know what that's going to imply. Um, so, sort of metropolitan hubs have it. but So what does it mean from a a consumer's perspective? Sure. So going from 4G LTE to 5G, 
and I'm going to watch a football game right. or a, a video or a movie while I'm on the plane. Sure. Or what does that mean for the consumer that has 5G now rather than the 4G LTE? You know, Is it a better picture quality? Is it a better... What is it? Is it faster? Uh, the faster speeds, of course, but what are the nuances that are out there that are going to improve my experience? Until it's rolled out worldwide, it's kind of hard to say because it acts pretty much the same as an average consumer, right? So if you're trying to download something from the internet, it could be instantaneous and you're thinking it takes too long. 5G is exactly what you're saying. So it's like a 4K TV. You're trying to watch uh, a, something that has the resolution of 1080. Uh, on a 4K TV expecting it to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen but it can only get so far because that's what the fidelity is same thing if you are in 4G uh, and you have a 5G phone it's going to act exactly the same well for me it's a case of the screen size sure. I mean your screen's only so good the screen size <laughs> I can barely count the dimples on the golf ball on my 75 inch TV <laughs> The Tech Ranch. Hey, getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch. We're talking with Jordan Alexander, a social media expert. And I want to get into the data stuff uh, from consumer experience. So you know, for me, I, I, I mentioned that I don't have an unlimited plan because I want nobody capping my speed or limiting what I can download or the data that I stream because if I need uh, uh, a folder from from a work thing and I need it now I, I want it now it, it, it's, it's, and I manage where my cap is um, for most users because what's coming with 5g and and the ability to use a lot more data um, most consumers have a, a, a price point there's there's a cost we talked about uh, how much more expensive it is over in Europe um, versus the United States when it comes to data and then we see all this you hear all about this uh, you know connectivity across the United States and, and everybody should be connected wherever you go at some point and in Wi-Fi for everyone <laughs> okay there's a cost to that um, so from a consumer perspective and and I'm a little guarded about utilizing my Wi-Fi. I try not to do things on my phone that are going to suck a lot of data unless I'm connected to my home Wi-Fi or my work Wi-Fi uh, because I'm already paying for those. I, I, I pay for those separately. I don't need to be eating into my mobile data, my cellular data. A lot of different apps and a lot of different social media platforms and, and things on your phone you may not know are consuming data. How does the average user guard against losing all their data because they left something open or something was operating in the background or I hopped on this social media platform and uh, that video I watched, holy crap, did that take a lot of data? Right. There's things like that all the time that consumers always aren't aware of. How do you guard against some of that? What are some of the tips and tricks to make sure you're, you're consuming your data or managing your consumption of data in a way that you're not just letting it go down the drain? Honestly, it's all about when you're setting up a new app, looking at what permissions it has. So if you're trying to not run something in the background, as you mentioned, uh, you can turn off notifications that come with a direct message because when you get that direct message, it uses data to show up on your phone. 
right? Um, so you can kind of just look in your settings, as you mentioned. You go through and you look at what apps are using the most data, right? That would be the easiest way is just kind of monitoring that. But it's in a world where you have to get an app for everything now. And what are these apps doing? So there are... Unless you get X, which is going to be the app for everything, well, that's right? right yeah. That's right, okay. that's right, that's right. But if it's the app for everything, I imagine, I imagine that's going to use the most data. But then Elon Musk is going to come out with his own data plan, and it's going to come free with a oh, Tesla, and then, you know, you get to ride on a rocket oh, ship to Mars. Free phones. And, okay, let me put my foil hat on for a minute um wait a minute i, I saw this movie um <laughs> the kingsman yeah everybody gets their free phone right that's right that's yeah. right uh, so when you're looking at the different data plans out there and, and what's consuming and you know the stuff running in the background yeah the problem with that though is you have to be hyper diligent right because what happens, like uh, an example like Facebook, right? and they upload their latest, greatest version and everything gets reset. Right. All of the constraints you put on there reset. Right. Now things are popping up and using data. Yeah, it's from phone to phone, too, which is the most frustrating thing. So if you have an iPhone or you have a Google Pixel or you have a different kind of Android, it's all different um, how their app permissions work. And that's that's a sort of frustrating thing, especially when you're trying to say something all-encompassing, right? Oh, just turn off the permissions. Well, sometimes it's not that easy. Say you have a Google Pixel phone. It's going to use less data when you're using only Google apps, right? But now you're using something like Facebook, using something like Twitter, something like I was going to say YouTube, but that actually is lumped into that. But you're using more data with those because these Google phones have more data-saving options for users of that phone. Um, and then with an iPhone, everything kind of uses data because you have your own special messaging. Instead of SMS, you have iMessaging. So that uses data to preserve data there. Use SMS messaging instead of iMessage data. So, And then for certain different types of Android phones, uh, I think the easiest way to conserve data, and this is maybe a hot take, is just get an, a Nokia brick phone and throw your iPhone out the window. <laughs> I want to go back to a flip phone. I actually, I missed my StarTac from back in the day. It was probably one of my favorite phones of all time. It fit in my pocket, did a little extra antenna, pull it up, get good signal. Um, one of the things my phone does, and, and I've got Verizon, so sure. it's kind of part of the Verizon package, is in the phone, It's and I've got a Samsung, um, it's got a bunch of different battery optimization right. and things like that that if set up correctly, that goes a long way to preserve data because it limits some of the permissions exactly. on some of the apps that, hey, we're not going to – we're trying to save the battery here so you can get through a day or two without having to recharge your phone. Right. You're not going to run all your crap for ad nauseum, which is also sucking data. Right. So by protecting your battery with the battery optimization, and there's – I found there's a few apps that you just can't run. They, right. they don't function unless you turn off that battery optimization. Exactly. That helps. It does. 
It does because if you're going, you know, if you're going to, you're, you're bored, so you're going to go on Facebook. Well, hey, Facebook, these features don't work. Well, okay, great. I'll go on something else. And you end up on Pinterest. And then two hours later, you're still on Pinterest. But you saved your battery that whole time by <laughs> yeah. avoiding the data sucking and battery sucking apps that require so much to run. Um, and I think that's the main thing is realizing, hey, what apps do I spend the most time on? That's probably my biggest source of data suck right there. So reducing time on those apps, I know it's hard, especially in today's day and age when sometimes that's all you've got, you know, is, uh, you know, at work and you don't want to actually do the work. You just go on Facebook. <laughs> uh, so that's it's it's difficult. But um, just using Wi-Fi is the big one, honestly, uh, as much as possible. Uh, and if you're really, really bored and you're, say, on a long car ride, just spring for the unlimited plan because you're going to be using a lot of data no matter what or this is controversial you may need to talk to the person you're traveling with too which i would hate really? to do oh never do it ever see I, I road trip with my wife and and i like to have the radio on and i'm enjoying the drive and <laughs> listen to some great tunes jamming out a little bit and she's like can you turn the radio off i'm trying to sleep <laughs> All right. well, that's yeah, maybe we should talk, <laughs> or maybe we should let me have the radio on so that I can stay awake. Right? Or, yeah, um, we'll get into the road tripping at a different time. Um, okay, so the battery optimization and and yeah, it, it a lot of it's the background data. Now, what I found is because I use Google Maps a lot when traveling. Yeah, because great segue. So I use Google Maps a lot when traveling. Um, but I don't use the feature to it's tracking me every step of the way. Right. So pull up the map, know where I'm going. If I need to use that, I'll turn it on, then turn it off. And sure. We're, we're good. Um, Life 360, my wife is yeah. because of her niece and nephew and sure. and kids, and, and she's gotten into life. She's got an iPhone. They right. all have iPhones. Yeah. doesn't work on my phone. Right. Because I'm not shutting my battery optimization off. Right. So that's an app that just, it does not function on my phone because I'm an Android user. Right. Yeah, it's one of those interesting things. Like I said, everything is kind of made for either iPhone or it's made for Android. Uh, and there's this divisive, I mean, divisive decision between devices. Wow. Say that 10 times fast. I bet you can't. But the apps always don't, uh, don't tell you that, hey, we're specifically designed for this device or that device. Right. So you do have a cognitive decision to make while picking out a phone or which apps to use. Right. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Where technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. We're tuned to the Tech Ranch, and we're going to talk with Chris right now because I'm an audiophile. And, Chris, I know you're a, a huge audiophile as well. In fact, one of the things that you do uh, is... I guess we call it Marlowe Enterprises. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys will dub different music to different mediums, and you'll you'll move things from a vinyl platform or an eight track or a cassette or movies and and home movies and and video to a digital platform. Uh, one of the things with the music side of stuff, um, you know, you got to go through and label all that stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, part of the labeling process is. Okay, for some reason in my head, it just popped in. Is it live or is it Memorex? But is it the original or is it a a cover tune? And mm -hmm. me in the music business, I I know most of them. But 
there's a lot of people that think, oh, this is a great song. Well, yeah, but it's not that artist's original song. That just happens to be the artist that made it big. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you identify all that? How do you label that stuff? How do you break that down into different categories? Well, you know, the old way it was you would just basically punch in all that information by hand. Um, or look it up in a book. Absolutely. I, I, I used to have the books. Mm-hmm. Um, one service I use, um, it's a it's a great app. It's um, called MP3 Tag, and it allows you to basically put whatever information you know about a song embedded into the song file. MP3s have the ability. It's called an ID3 Tag. And that's what stores the artist information, who wrote it, lyrics, um, what CD it was off of. Is it a live version? Well, back in the day, a lot of people would get cassettes or CDs or, you know, even back in some of the vinyl days, um, you'd get this booklet that came with mm-hmm. the music you purchased and people would read the covers and, mm-hmm. and, in that booklet, in the music, especially CDs were famous for this, you'd get all this artist information, who wrote it, all some backstory. Um, it was part of the entertainment of that piece of music. And that kind of went away with the digital age, but mm-hmm. now you're able to tag all that stuff back in there. It's like getting that album cover again. Right. I know early on, and I go... Uh, back to like 2003 when the iTunes store first started selling music, um, they started adding digital booklets. So they would sell a lot. If you bought an entire album, you'd get like a PDF file that was a virtual version of that CD cover. Because a lot of people, yeah, you don't get that information. That right. I always loved looking at the covers and seeing what was there. And um, what happens is now that you're taking some of these, maybe these older media and turning them into a digital file. I just had a gentleman a few months ago. He brought in four LPs and a cassette tape. And they were still in the original packaging, so I knew who the artist was um, and what the track names were. So I was able to basically digitize those files for him um, and put them on a CD. But I didn't want to sit there and and manually type in... um, a lot of them were polka waltzes or like um, saxophone <laughs> jazz. <laughs> Stipe in like midnight Lawrence sax. Well, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Herb Grebnik and his polka boys, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and so um, I can basically load, the, I can name the file whatever I want. I can say track one, track two, track three. And then I load those into um, my MP3 tag application. And then if I know the artist and the album, I can actually use some plugins that they have available and search um, CD databases all over the place. Uh, it used to be um, GraceNote or FreeDB. When you plugged your, when you loaded your CD into iTunes, it automatically came up and said, okay, here's the artist, here's the track name and number, and you could import it that way, and it would automatically populate the um, tracks for you when you imported them. Um, some of those have gone, gone away now. But there's um, a website out there called Discogs, D-I-S-C-O-G-S, yeah, discography basically. And it is a, it's like a wiki. It lists pretty much every version of an album that's out there. Um, the American release, the British release, live versions. Um, well, that's the other part of it too because yeah. you see the you – know, you'll have a, a foreign release, British release or U.S. Mm-hmm. release uh, and sometimes you'll have different artists doing the same song because the record label 
they had a British artist, and going back to the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. especially, and you had an American artist, and they didn't mix the, the two genres. They Great song, but you're going to do it over here, and you're going to do it over here, because a lot of people didn't cross the pond back then, and right. before the Beatles really started doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I can actually search by artist and album, and I can... It pulls up a list of the tracks on that file. If I'm if it's an LP or a vinyl record, it actually shows me the vinyl tracks, side A, side B, and then I can automatically populate the track name and the file name with that information without having to type it in manually, which is really great. Um, but a lot of times I run into situations where I have no idea who the artist is. Maybe somebody brought me in a, a blank cassette tape that they recorded off the radio or something, and they wanted me to convert it. How do you figure out what is there? I mean, obviously, we have apps like Shazam or SoundHound where you play a snippet of the song, and you, it'll tell you who sang it and what the artist was. But for some of that, it's there's it's not – Perfect, because it really just looks at song databases. So I have a, and I just discovered this a couple months ago, I have on my Google search on my phone, um, I'll click the button to to speak into the phone, and then down at the bottom it'll say, search for song, question mark. Hmm. And if I push that button, then I can whistle, hum, sing, Pull something off the the speaker that's playing on the radio, yeah. and it'll tell me what that song is. That that's really handy. I mean, because I, I, basically, it's Soundhound built into my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shazam. I mean, it'll only do like listened music, um, so, and sometimes it doesn't even catch the song. Uh, today, I was working on a track that I knew was sung by Dolly Parton, um, but it was one of her earliest recordings when she was still a teenager, and. Um, Shazam couldn't recognize it, and it's just because it's not. How do you not recognize Dolly Parton? Come on. Well, the the track recording was kind of kind of tinny because it was an old forty five, and just the digitizing it all these years later, it's just not the most quality of a sound. Um, there's another service out there called Music Brains. Um, similarly, it's a wiki where people submit information about tracks and artists and. Basically, full albums and individual singles, and it'll at- attach what it calls an acoustic ID to every song. It's like, and a lot of those IDs is what the radio, um, that RDS on the radio. So when your radio tells you what, what's uh, playing, yeah, yeah, what's playing mm-hmm. the music artists or any messages they want to send out yeah. from a radio station in your car, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's a tag. Mm-hmm. And so I can basically upload a bunch of, um, tracks that I have no idea who sang it. Um, like just the other day, I had a somebody had encode, ripped an entire Bee Gees album into one long MP3, and that's like I have no idea which album this is. It's like I, a digital eight track. Yeah, I know the song. Continuous play. Yeah, but it's like okay, so I I chopped each each track separately and made separate files of them, ran it through my Music Brains program, and it basically said, "Here's the track. Here's the album." Nice. And so it's handy that way. I don't have to sit there and guess. So what's the number one reason people, you know, going from medium to medium to medium, a lot of it's what the player is, a lot of it what's accessible to be able to play things on, uh, the preservation side of things. 
but you've seen this resurgence in albums and vinyls come back. Um, full albums, not 45s. I missed my 45 collection, but, um, when recording those and changing mediums, because it's about accessibility, convenience, I can listen to it on an MP3, uh, off my phone or in my vehicle or uh, on a thumb drive, and I know it's not going to degradate. Part of the nuance, though, and some of the resurgence of going back to vinyl is the little pops, the cracks, the mm-hmm. skip. So do you typically filter those out making a digital copy of something because there's so many programs out there that can upgrade the sound quality. Mm-hmm. Do you filter that out or do people tend to keep those so the vinyl sounds like vinyl or what usually happens in those it cases? It depends on the quality of the digital file. Um, I know the one jazz album I did recently, um, the quality of the, al- the album was in great shape. Um, there weren't any skips and I pretty much left it alone. I just le- levelized the volume on it to when I was making the MP3. Obviously, you're going to lose some of that sound quality when you go from to a, to a digital One format. medium to another, yeah. yeah. Um, but by and large. It's kind of like when you go off an album or off the radio and recorded the cassette back in your right. little, uh of your favorite songs because you had to wait in there with your finger on the button waiting for the DJ to play your favorite song and then you recorded it. Well, that's not as good a quality. Right. It's like going from an album to a cassette, mm-hmm. not as good a quality. So it degradates every generation. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, with albums, I've only done a few so far, and I think it does a fairly good job of maintaining the quality. But when I'm doing a cassette tape, um, the, the, t- the player head picks up a lot of hiss because it's listening to the tape move through as well. So you got the sound plus you had that background hiss. So the, whenever I get like a tape hiss, I will filter out that noise just because it improves the listenability of the of the underlying song. But whenever it's somebody's um, memories or I do a reel to reel tape or something like that, um, I, I leave it alone unless there's something really really wrong with the recording that needs me to maybe either make it louder or softer. Or if there's just a really bad background noise that just is going to make the listening to it painful. Well, pain to one person is <laughs> a little subjective. Yeah. Depends on what you're listening to. Um, so how does that work with the uh, the video side of things? So when you're looking at going from one medium to another, because I, I don't know on the video side as much because I'm an audio guy. I'm in broadcasting and, and the music side of things. Um, so I know how that responds going from generation to generation to generation. How does that work with uh, film or pictures or things that people are trying to preserve um, on the video side of things? Well, the VHS, um, I think sometimes the audio is the first to go on those. Um, I don't have a lot of experience on the audio side because it just, it just digitizes everything for me, video and audio together. And then I notice it mainly when I'm, if somebody's recorded a movie or it's directly on a camcorder, you're going to get some situations where the audio is not really good. Like some people recorded a wedding and they set up their camera right next to the organist. <laughs> so I hear all the music. No, don't do that. And then I can't hear the, um, the I do's and the, the, the officiant. So that I can go in and I can adjust the decibels on a piece by piece basis 
so I can get the volume where it needs to be so you can actually hear what's going on and you don't get blasted out by the organist. Um, so I can do that. Um, the Most of the uh, editing programs I have, I can adjust the audio and the video separately. Um, I did have one. Uh, just, we use Wondershare, and in the latest version, they actually have an AI speech enhancer where if you're if it's a section of audio that's being spoken, it'll go in there and it'll, it'll try to clean it up and make it more intelligible. My experience has been so, so using it on a few um, different tapes where like well, they interviewed their father, and this is like his historical interview, and it's been 30 years since he interviewed me. He's passed away, and they want to preserve this memory. I found that it makes the spoken – it does a lot to get rid of that background hiss and that noise so I can actually hear the audio, but it garbles up what was spoken. Really? Yeah. So I don't think the AI is 100% perfect. Um, I did that with another file. A, Adobe has a free sound enhancer um, program that you can just upload a file and it'll try to clean it up and make all the things clean. I ran a snippet of a Subway commercial through it because uh, I wanted it for Avocado Day. And <laughs> it got rid of the background music. It's like, I need that. That's part of the commercial. Wow. So AI is not perfect no. in, in a lot of these mm-hmm. spaces. So when you're looking at um, enhancing things, are there limitations to what people expect and what they ask for? I think so. Uh, what I always tell them is that the quality of what I give you is going to depend on the quality of what you gave me. But then people can ask, uh, can you accentuate this or this? Or there, Again, there's things you can tweak around some of those mediums, right? Yeah, I can go and I can correct a color that's faded out of a slide or a VHS tape or even on an 8mm. Pretty fascinating stuff. Some of the technology out there with some of the programs, absolutely unbelievable. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I see somebody's listening to us. Who? The squirrels? Well, those two. Oh. Who's listening? Google. Oh. You didn't know we, you know, if... if I thought it was a clock. If I ever get called out of here, and yeah, it looks like a clock, right? But you can always have an interview with with Google, too. You don't have to go recruit people off the street or in my office or anything. Really? Yeah. Hey, Google, you want to talk to somebody? We should actually interview Google someday. That would be interesting. It would be fun. See? She's talking to me. She is talking to you. Wow. We should We should set that up just for having a little fun someday. We you know, have... a little experiment. You know, little... it was bad enough when I got over to your studios today to do the show, and I couldn't find a parking spot. You know what went through my head? What's I that? should have rode my Yarbo. Mm-hmm. I could have parked that just about anywhere. It's pretty small, though. Yeah. You think you could ride on that thing? I'd try. These chocolate-covered raisins are amazing, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry that everybody else has to listen to that all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, my goodness, these things are amazing. You only think they're raisins. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even get me started. Wow. Okay, so we got Google. Actually, we've been talking about this. We're going to do this. We're going to interview Google someday. Um, And Alexa at the same time. I think it'd be fun to actually. Can we have Alexa and Google interview each other, and we'll just record that? And oh, I think we could set up some type of AI. You, you, and I could have our AI voices interview Google and Alexa. We should, we could bring uh, uh, Astro in here then too. Oh yeah, Astro could actually 
uh, run the conversation. By the way, the robot you, that's running around out here at front. You, you got your other larger version of? I didn't. I need, to, I need to follow up with those guys yeah. and get get our large robot running around in here. That is pretty cool, by the way. I yeah. forget the name of it now, too. And the price point on it was four grand. Yeah, four grand, four thousand yeah. dollars. Great, pretty amazing. Full size. It doesn't have arms and things on it, though. It, no. It's more of something that you would use to take things around, like in a restaurant or like a, a hospital. Yeah, like, I, I, I look at things that. as that here's the platform to deliver short. Yeah. To, it's a butler service. Or or like in this instance, when I had to leave for a little bit here, I could have actually had my robot self sitting in here, and I could have just used that. You could see my face. Like a version of the Big Bang Theory? That Something like Sheldon that, yes. It's like, yeah. yeah, I'm not leaving the house anymore. Yeah. Send out the robot. That's right. Could have done that. That was kind of creepy, though. I'm guessing that, that Jordan and Chris probably filled in just fine They for did me. just wonderfully. They're better Splendid. They're better than I am anyway. Yeah, so. you're out of here. Get out. They, <laughs> <laughs> they know more what's going on in the tech world than I do because they're immersed in it a lot more than I am every day. Right, but the AI side of things... In, I, I, I swear every week we could do, hey, what happened this week? Kind of a week in review of AI because things are moving that quickly. So fast. Yeah. And every every day there's this. Did we talk about the Google News service? A little bit last week, but yeah. there was more that was coming out. Yeah. So they actually have um, Google now has a news service that if you are – a you know like an AP or a reporter or whatever you can actually subscribe to this and it will help you write your stories. Now I don't know how it goes out and finds. So I don't know what reporter would do that because at some point you have to go. And then when do they not need me anymore? Yeah, I think they're all thinking that now. Anyway, are you are you 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 truly believe that the strike that's going on with with writers right now in Hollywood isn't about AI? Oh, a hundred percent. It's all about AI. Yeah, because they're all concerned about you know. Well, and what the actors. Happens. Yeah, the actors hopped on too because yeah. the uh, it's expensive to have extras. Yes, that's really the crux of where this started, and the actors because the extras are part of the actor guild, part of AFTRA, um, and SAG. They didn't have a choice, but the production companies, the studios, would prefer to take a picture of you as an extra once and pay you for that and then be done with you because we don't need all these people sitting around a set. And as an extra, if you're on a big movie set, there's a lot of downtime. You're getting paid for a lot of downtime. I I can attest to that being the, the actual subject of a TV show. I can't tell you how much time I sit around and twiddle my thumbs while we're filming. You're supposed to be memorizing your lines at those times. Well, I don't have lines because I'm more of a reality show than I am. So you're a reactionary. Yes. It's it's no different than you and I talking. We've we caught Marlowe in the moment. It's pretty much what it what is. About the moment. We just set up scenes and then we chat and then they just edit that whatever they want to keep out of that, you know. So so it's easy. So how do you have downtime when you've got Latoya there trying to crack the whip? And oh make my sure goodness. That you're multitasking. That's I, again. You left me speechless because yeah, well, I'm just saying. I, I, oh my I, goodness! I've met her. I know her. I uh, that cracked the whip. She's the most amazing woman in the world, but she she certainly is laser focused on stuff, and uh, that that because I'm all over the place. That can, that can that can really get she, in my she, way. She doesn't so. subscribe to our squirrel. Re- she does not. Reality? Does no, she? not no. at all. 
Not at all. She admonishes us for the squirrel <laughs> mentality. See, we embrace the squirrel. <laughs> of course we do. So the other morning, I'm sitting in a parking lot, and this has nothing to do with tech, by the way, except that I was making a phone call on my you know, tech device, device yeah. you know, right? But there's this gopher, this baby gopher, who obviously was raised by squirrels. What? Because this gopher seen this branch, this dead branch on an evergreen, the lowest hanging branch on this evergreen tree, and was literally crawling up on this thing and crawling around on this branch, hanging by it with its two. I'm like, what gopher? What part of squirrel are you? Because I'm, I'm, I don't know if this baby gopher had been watching squirrels or what the deal was, but it obviously thought. That if the squirrels can do it, so can I. Well, maybe it was a robot gopher that AI (laughs) watched squirrel videos and it was... You're really reaching, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to connect the tech part of things. Yeah, there's no no tech AI learns. I just thought it was fun to share that. Did you video it? I should have. I was just so caught off guard that I'm just just watching this thing unfold, and you know this 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 gopher was pulling itself up, and it would fall occasionally, but it it wasn't deterred. <laughs> it was bound and determined to get on this branch. See, so so. this baby gopher was sitting there watching these squirrels in the tree, and went, ha, "Hey, squirrel, hold my beer. <laughs> Watch this. I'm a gopher. That is, that is funny. That is funny." <laughs> Oh, and by the way, I can dig holes, too. See if you can do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, squirrels are very poor at digging holes and burying nuts. Yes. Because then they also forget where they buried them. You, so horrible at that. is it like 8%? They only find like 8% of what they bury? Yeah. It's some crazy number. Yeah. They're so busy. It's like, why bother? Loading the yard up with all these, all these. Yeah. well, they plant they plant. We're going to plant acorns all, all over, over your place, yard yeah. and then not remember where we planted exactly. a single one of them. <laughs> we'll find only 8%. And it's only by chance that we find those 8% because we'd, we'd put so many in your yeah. yard. I'm digging another hole to put... Oh, hey, oh, hey one. there's one yeah. right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what goes on. It's the craziest thing. we got to get Astro in here. Does, how's Astro? Is, so does Astro have dog characteristics at all? Oh, he has this kind of like thing that he tilts its head a little bit. I've seen that. And then blinks, you know, and you're like, oh, oh that's oh, so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's he chasing squirrels and gophers? I do not know the answer to that yet. Well, we should find that out. I'm not bringing a squirrel or gopher in here for us to test. Why not? Because then we will never catch the gopher or the squirrel. Let them run. <laughs> well, you know, we are... I'm, I'm squirrel and you are... Not baby gopher. Oh, okay. Because I think you make a great baby gopher. We'll see you all again next week. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270.